With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is Kutin Bergson, and you are listening to the 50th episode of the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast. Thanks for that, Gunny. That's really emotional. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the 50th episode of the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast. That's right. This little old uh, enterprise that we started a good 12 months ago has reached its 50th episode. Who'd have thought it, eh? Only 5% of podcasts make it to this landmark. Uh, no, 5%. I say 5%. 5% of podcasts make it to this landmark, Chris. I'm meant to stay. Wow. Wow. Um, love Dog um, has not appeared in all 50 episodes. Um, but we are just going to say a quick thanks to everyone that's made this the show that it's become today. Um, Dennis was, of course, there at the very start. Myself, Dan, Liam, um, from the very first episode, I believe, the Love Dog made an appearance as well. Cool. And we'll just, quick, just quickly run through those that have attended. We had Lee Tennant, Elliot Turnbull, Rob Latham, uh, the very lovely Craig Davies and Adam Bogdan, Mr. Mark Isles, uh, Down the Manny Road Tom, Mark Yezalevsky, Eddie Skelly, Aaron Clements, Tom Wilson, Alistair Sledge, Tom Malloy, Matt Wood, Liam Hatton, Jamie Moss, Johnny Eckersley, Ian Bridge, and Steve Connolly. Oh, Matt take- Wood, because you missed his name off then. You skipped it by accident. Did I skip it? Oh, sorry, Matt. Don't. Oh, Matt's been. Matt's had a good day today on Facebook. He's been at Batman's house in Nottingham. Uh, how could I forget that? He's been on my mind for quite a while. Um, <laughs> but yeah, memories of 50 episodes, lads. I mean, who's here own- today? First, I think you've, you're getting your duties. Sorry, who, who's the host? Who's the host of this podcast? I'm guiding you. You're the face. I'm the. I, I guide you. You're, You're the like Brock Lesnar Very... and I'm. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not going to argue with that. The strong and silent type. Of course, Danny's correct. Well, I'm Chris. He's Dan. Um, I'm also joined by Johnny and down the Manny Road, Tom. Johnny, you all right? Very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Good. Yeah, fine. Thank you. You've been. We were fighting a good fight when I saw you on Saturday, getting people signed up to the trust. How many? How many names did you get through the gate? Uh, I think it was around about 80 uh, new members, but yeah, we did okay in the fan zone. We'll be there every, I might not be there every home game, but uh, there will be somebody there every home game. So if you haven't signed up to the trust yet, get yourself down there. I believe there was a Mister, a certain Mr. Samuel Allardyce who signed up at weekend. Yep, he's been signed up, paid with two £5 notes, which I thought was a bit dodgy. We had to check the real, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, he's signed up. So um, I've, I've got his email address now, so I'll be, I'll be speaking to him on email. No, I wish. I will too. I will too. Uh, Tom, good evening. We're talking about ironing shirts before. That's an, that's something to bring into the pod, don't you think? Yeah, why not? I feel like every part of my daily routine is going to make it in at some point anyway, so we may as well. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about those those routines in a little moment or so. We're also joined by Mr. Mark Isles. Mark, how are you? Not too bad at all. How good, you good, good, good. I believe you had, uh, had a, a fun evening at the cinema tonight. Well, not too fun. Uh, that London has fallen is absolute bilge. I wish I'd have watched Grimsby. <laughs> I've heard people say the same about Grimsby, so who knows? Who knows? 
fantastic. Well, you're very welcome to join us again. And obviously, you made your episode, I think, back in episode 10. Um, and it's a pleasure to have you back on. We'll have a little Q&A with Mark at the end. And you've all been sending your questions in this week, which is most appreciated. Right, Dan, do you want to tell me what to talk about next? Uh, you want to like, highs. Memories of 50 episodes, yeah? That's yeah. fine. Well, I just thought I'd just run through a couple of my own personal highs um, of the last 50 episodes. Yeah, well, they're going to be they're going to be in no particular order. I'm going to say Dan being out as a United fan, personal highlight of mine. Because I can't myself. Yeah, down the <laughs> down the Manny Road, Tom brushing his teeth while podcasting. Superb. Um, our founder Dennis, call it the Love Pod. I can't do it in the same accent as him. Uh, Liam guessing a game of Guess Who from someone's birthday, um, which is a bit odd. And my own personal favourite, Lee getting a parking ticket from Aldi for being in the car park too long, recording the pod through yeah. Skype on his phone. Well, that's <laughs> that's so funny. That's so um, funny. I hope you paid the fine, Chris. Today, <laughs> is like I, I can't afford that. I, I'll get Sam to pay it. Um, the lows. We all voted for lows and became no, with Dan's. Dan's, Dan's Dan's Tim Ream poem. It's, it's, it's gone now. It's in the past, Dan. Well, don't worry. We can how move. about you doing rapid fresh Prince of Because I don't remember that. Yeah. That was bad. That was pretty I don't. Bad. I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. Good. What can you do? What can you do? Well, scared <laughs> me. It's been a hell of a week for Bolton Wanderers, lads. Um, we finally had the approval of the Sports Shield takeover with our mate Dino involved. The last four months have been pretty hellish. Um, Mark, I, I can see you, you've uh, you've lost all your hair in the last four months. It's been it's been appalling. I feel yeah, right. I, I was rather attached to that quiff as well, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the McLaren-esque wisp at the front that's finally, finally bitten the dust. But uh, I, I could still grow that, you know. That's that's I, I could do a, a bit of a Steve McLaren, but I, no, I, I couldn't carry that look off. To be honest, I couldn't carry no. the gormless face off either. <laughs> It's going to be with dignity, on it? You just got to kill it. And McLaren it. shouldn't do it, and yeah. McLaren shouldn't do it, and neither should you. Um, but to a man with no problems in the hair department, Johnny, it's, the four months have been uh, have been a pretty appalling, haven't they? Off the field. Let's talk about off the field matters for the time being. Um, I know you're involved with the trust, as we said already. Um, how has it been from your perspective, um, from from start to finish, since we heard about the interest and, and to where we are today? Um, I mean, we obviously everybody who's, who's on the steering group for the trust is a, is a fat Bolton fan first and foremost. So it's been just like it has been for you, really. It's, it's got to the point where it's a bit tiresome uh, until till the deal got over the line. But we, as a trust, we just wanted to make sure that there was something there, which is why there was a lot of scepticism about whether or not we could kind of launch a, a credible bid to get some sort of stake in the club but that was just because it, it looked like at one point it might not even happen um so yeah it's been a, it's been a tough few few months trying to get everything sorted but we we've as a trust we've spoken to the um to the consortium to, to Dino and stuff and he's more than happy to, to have us on board so I'm sure we'll we'll be able to get some meetings in the next few weeks and, and see what the what the plan is going forward Fantastic, Tom. Um, from a fan's point of view, obviously it's been it's been more uncertainty added on to the other uncertainty on the pitch too. Um, do you think we finally we finally reached a bit of a of a tipping point now where we know where we're going? Um, and obviously we realise we may have to to go backwards a little bit further perhaps until we can start going forwards. But but how have you viewed these last last uh, last four months or so? Chaos, just chaos, mm. just. Um, you know the amount of false starts and thinking we were getting somewhere, and then <clears> and then it being as clear as mud as it, as it typically is with these sorts of things. It's it was difficult to remain, um, not not necessarily remain interested, but to 
to have some sort of reaction to it. Yeah. As the, the longer like not it be apathetic on, and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. the longer it went on, the more indifferent I became. Um, but it's just it was a bit of an anticlimax in the end, wasn't it? You know, just to find out through. Um, I think it was Twitter when I found out that it had actually gone over the line. It was a bit of an anti-climax, but it's good that it's that it's finished. That it's you know it's been long and drawn out, but it's done, and we can put it behind us and try and move forward now. Absolutely, I think I fully endorse every single bit of that. Dan, what, what about yourself? It's just been shite on it. As like, obviously, we've probably not had it quite as the extent as Mark has over at the paper and whatnot, but just trying to. Kind of trying to get all the information from you know public sources and you know our secret secret shady sources and stuff like that. Trying to just com- compress all the information I and mean, be put into situations that like a blog, like you know what we are technically is just a blog, put into situations that we <laughs> a blog you regularly, rarely you know rarely actually is in. It was all quite it's quite a, quite a bit of a learning curve really, wasn't it? Having to deal with it all and then as actual fan, it's just been shite and it? it's been awful. It's just this uncertainty every day of actually not not knowing just. Not knowing what the next day could bring, waking up every day to the latest just batch of depressing news. It's been quite hard the last four months. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely, and just to embellish that a little tiny bit. I mean, like you say, all we are, to be honest, is just a little blog. Um, and, and over the past twelve months or so, we've started getting the odd email here and there with a little bit of you know tidbits of information, the odd bit of gossip, things that are just downright ridiculous. Um, and so yeah, we've we've had many a night, haven't we? Facebook yeah. chatting, discussing, and so, so, on. so, so what we actually do because we're not we're not. I know, yeah. I mean, we're not we're not professionals or anything. We don't even know what we're doing half the time. We're just winging it. Um, all coming to to people like Mark for advice. Like, what the hell do we do? Um, and so yeah, it's all been a massive learning curve. But hopefully, hopefully, um, lights at the end of the tunnel now. But but on to Mark. You know, I was joking before about you losing your hair, but but what little you must have had left, you were probably pulling out at regular regular occasions ever since uh, since the news broke. Dino was even half interested. Never mind making a formal bid. Yeah, no, I mean it's been a nightmare to be honest. It's uh, it's been very very difficult to report on. I mean, it's Dino's actually been the easiest bit of it because he's he's been fairly straightforward. You know, he's he's told us um, relatively where he's at. There's been so many flipping missed deadlines, uh, you know, uh, people take the mick out of me as far as, you know, a couple of days, couple of days, but genuinely that is, that is the information that we're getting every, every couple of weeks you get this, you know, it's, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And then you build yourself up expecting it to finish. And then all of a sudden something else would change. Um, but behind the scenes, I mean, you guys, I'm glad you, I'm glad you've said, you know, the, the emails and the little tidbits that you get. And it's sometimes it's very difficult to know what to trust. And, and believe me, uh, when you kind of sat uh, where I am, uh, it's it's twice as bad because you've got so many people feeding you so much bullshit. It's uh, it's 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 impossible to uh, to sift through it at times. But I think, you know, we got to the stage where we we knew where we are with, with Dean's bid. We knew where we were with, with the trust as well, I must say. You know, they were very, very straightforward to deal with and, and, and good guys, um, uh, even though it obviously didn't get to the stage they wanted it to. But there was there was a lot of tyre kickers in there and a lot of people that just wanted to get their name in the paper for no apparent reason. So um, not easy, but hopefully we're over the hill now and uh, it can get easier from here on in. Has it been like a weird process not having to, you know, focusing on reporting and stuff that's not just been football matches and press conferences and stuff having to concentrate on on you know all this off-field stuff it must have been 
Like, have you ever had to do anything like that before? Was always a bit of a cold shook. I was going to ask the same same question because obviously I can yeah. imagine if you, I, I, I don't know for sure, but you get into to wanting to do your field of work, Mark. It's because you, you love football, you love writing about it, not that you love courtroom drama and you love writing about that. Otherwise, you'd be working for Perry Mason or something like that. <laughs> no, that's it. It's given me a bit of a crash course on all the financial journalism. I, I did a bit with Berry when I first started covering Berry. They were just coming out of a. Uh, CVA uh, at the time and, and and I knew nothing at all back then I was only a kid um, and I, a couple of phrases basically I'd kept with me I, I roughly knew what administration meant but there's been a few people and you know a few really really good people that have guided my hand on uh, on the, the business side of things and I, I do I do thank them as well because um, you know it's it's not something train, trained for as far as the, the business side of, of football is Thankfully, something uh, I've, I've sort of just about got my head round. Best advice I got though um, was was from a former director actually at Bolton, and he said, uh, "Get hold of um, Simon Jordan's book, uh, The Ex Crystal Palace um, oh. Owner, rather." Um, and he said, "Get hold of that, read that, and you'll have an understanding." And I did. And to be fair, <laughs> he was bob on because absolutely spot on all the way through that book. It explains the pitfalls of owning a football club, going through the whole whole process. And I sort of just about got to got got to grips with it. So um, no, I, I I'd much rather be debating which left back's better, or you know which centre half partnership, or whether or not even even down to things like Neil Lennon and, and his his position. It's like they don't even seem very big to me anymore. They're almost trivial. Mm-hmm. It's like I can quite happily, you know, sit and chat about Lenny <laughs> with Lenny rather about his job as opposed to these kind of bigger, grandiose financial matters that uh, that we both felt a little bit out of a depth with. So um, it's it's been a weird old four or five months. Yeah, it's been it's been a learning curve for everybody, hasn't it? Um, OK, so so shifting on a little tiny bit from that, obviously we spoke to Dino a couple of weeks ago. I, I was working over in uh, in Ilkley at the time, actually, when he, when he texted me to say he wanted to be part of the, part of the show, obviously, that, that evening recording an impromptu podcast and and he said to us that he was planning on being chairman himself now obviously we know that the investment i believe from bruce garden fell through causing the able to take a step back and, and turn himself as chief exec um mark i wanted to ask you if you could maybe go into that in a little bit more depth if you're aware of anything that, that prompted that or was it just a simple case of in order to to secure anderson's investment he had to be promised that role uh, yeah, I think with the Bruce Gordon thing, from what I'm believed, and you, you can only go off what you, you're told at times, but it, it wasn't a, a case of that collapsing or him withdrawing that funding. More a case of they felt it was stronger going forward when they'd spoken to the Football League with the money that Ken Anderson's group was bringing in. So the the discussion at that point was, you know, <clears throat> is it you know is it going to be more solid? Are we going to be on a better better footing? With, with this funding as opposed to the other one. Now, Bruce Gordon's uh, uh, funding w- required a return. It was it was a hedge fund, effectively. So it was going to need a, a decent rate of interest to pay back. Um, I would can only imagine, and this is me speculating, that Ken Anderson's is, is a little bit easier to, to, to yeah. handle. Um, but whether or not Dean then had to give up the, the role of chairman, I'm with you, he, he said all along he was going to be chairman, whether he had to concede that little bit and just say, you know, I'll I'll, I'll concentrate on the, the kind of the football side and, and you can be the figurehead. I think that's probably what's happened in the end. But um, I think Dean's happy with that. I think he, he wants to be hands-on with the football side of things. So um, I think, you know, I've, I'm, I'm yet to meet Ken. He's, he's in tomorrow on Monday. Um, and hopefully I shall uh, speak to him in the next couple of days and find out what his plans are. 
interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it was obvious on Mulder's interview with, our, with ourselves and, and with everybody else, I guess, one of the people he spoke to, that he's he wants to get his hands dirty, I guess you'd say, in terms of the football and operations side, which is maybe a different way of running than what we're used to. I mean, we've seen already in the last three or four days a different way of operating with his yeah, his interviews and the fact we've heard more from him in, in three or four days than we've heard off the last, uh, the last board in maybe three or four years. But I guess... The new Bolton Wanderers was always meant to be different than the old Bolton Wanderers, so perhaps that's not too much of a surprise. Um, Dan, have you got any anything to add to that? Yeah, I was just on like Holdsworth's, um, like I say, how open he's been with the media so far. I think the interview that the Bolton YouTube channel put up, like the 15-minute long one, I thought that was really good. And like Maybe doubts and reservations can still be held over the ownership structure and on its, you know, and on a whole, because we still know a lot of stuff, but we don't and probably never will know. But Having Holdsworth as like as Mark says, like running it from like the football side of things, you know, he'll probably be making decisions on management and transfers and st- on that type of stuff, working with whoever the manager may be in the future and stuff like that. Um, just seeing Holdsworth in you know, his interview when we can actually see him talking, he couldn't take his smile off his face, and you could just see no matter what happens, you can see how proud he is now to be involved in the club. And I think at least that gives a little bit of hope for the coming, you know, for what else is to come. Most definitely. Um, okay, great stuff. We'll, we'll move on again from that one. That, that's very interesting. Um, okay, so that means that in, in, incoming chairman being Ken Anderson, Dean Olds uh, as chief exec, that means Eddie Davies is out the door, um, well, even if his name's above the door. Um, yeah. Dan, you might as well carry on with that. How do you think uh, Eddie's going to be? How do you, Eddie's going to be remembered? Obviously, it's it's been a bit of a sour end to uh, to what was a, a largely positive spelling charge, I guess you could say. But uh, what do you think his legacy is going to be? Is it going to be one of uh, of the good times were great, the bad times were bad, or do you think the bad times outweigh the good? See, a couple of podcasts ago, me, Johnny, and Tom actually debated this. Did and, um... yeah, we did. We had a we had a good. I think a few people tweeted me saying they agreed. Uh, didn't someone say your words are a bit harsh, Dan? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I, was <laughs> I can't believe I, that. I can't believe. I that. very much disagreed with both Tom and Johnny. They were very much of the, the camp of you know. Eddie gave us the good times and defended him for wanting his money back and some of his money back and all that type of stuff. Personally, I don't know. For me, yeah, the good times are great, but do they really outweigh how our club nearly fucking ceased to exist? And it just... Maybe when I'm a bit older and I can look back on it with a bit more clarity, it might be able to stomach the blow a bit more, but I've been very, very, very annoyed with Davis and it's been quite difficult to forgive him at this moment in time and the part my thing with the on with the um the president thing that that just does it just feels like a really bitter fucking pill to swallow it's like you've done this you know you've driven us this far now you, you still apparently you don't like you don't want to support us anymore with your funding fine but you still want to be like just hover around like a bad smell and it's just a sour taste for me but i say it's johnny and tom they're going to probably go defend him now which that's their prerogative Tom, they're over to you on that bombshell. Uh, I'm, I'll try not to repeat myself, but I mean, the long and short of it is, no matter what you think of him, he's about he's roughly 170 million pounds poorer um, than he was at the start of all this. Um, and you know, a friend of mine turned around a few weeks ago and said, "If you weren't moaning at the Allianz, don't be moaning now." And I, I can see, for the most part, that I agree with him on that. Um, there had to be an end point, and it's never going to be when you're at the top. You're never going to, you know, he's never going to, um, he was never going to accumulate this much money, get us to Europe, and then and then do what he's done when we're when we're doing well. It was always going to be a time like this. Um, I mean, the only thing for me that 
that sticks in the throat is wanting to become the club president. Um, that shouldn't be touched. It's symbolic. Nat Lofthouse, in the eyes of majority of Bolton fans, will, will remain club president. And I think that's really going to that's really going to stick with Bolton mm, fans. Um, I think that's the one area where I think he's probably overstepped the mark. Exactly. That's Agreed. The, that's a, yeah, I'd agree with that. Even though I, I, I'm a lot more bitter on everything else as well, that point about, you know, is, is Nat Lofthouse, is, that's his role, isn't it? His like, eternal position. And it just does feel like Davis is just like, he wants to be remembered so desperately for the good times, but it's going to be hard for anyone to do that now, I think. Especially people of my generation, of my generation who missed the most of the good times, like it's just a bit, it's a bit unfortunate, really. It's probably a parallel to how you feel with Louis Van Gaal coming in riding roughshod over Alex oh, Ferguson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. Anyway, Mark, Dan's favourite legacies are being dismantled. On the topic of uh, on the topic of Eddie Davies, Mark, did you ever have much to do with him? I mean, obviously, I don't think I've, I've read more interviews, perhaps, with Davies in the last fortnight than in the last fifteen years. But uh, have you met him? I mean, what what sort of fella is he? Are you able to, to shed any light on that? Because he's, he's still a mystery to to most of us. <laughs> um, no, I can't say I've ever interviewed him. To be honest, uh, only I've I've, I've shaken by the hand and I had the odd quick chat. I remember at Portsmouth one one year um, in the tunnel. Uh, and he came walking past and uh, shook me by the hand and said, hello, Mark. And uh, and Phil Gartside whispered in my ear, that's the closest you're ever going to get to an interview with Eddie Davis. Uh-huh. Um, he probably thought you were Stig Tofting, to be honest. Well, yeah. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you on side, Mark. I apologize. Oh, yeah, that's fair yeah, enough. I'm just thinking, 20 past nine, what else can I be doing with me time? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. Mark, I mean, look, he's it, uh, going going back to the, the whole legacy thing. Uh, no, no doubt whatsoever. Bolt would not wonders would never have had the good times had he not underwritten it. But I will stand kicking if he ever put 170 million pounds into this football club. Not in a million years. Not in a million years. This, that just didn't happen. It, you know, it's, it's 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 accountancy methods and everything else that just didn't happen. Um, and if anybody can. Prove if anybody listens to this and can prove that they that he did put 170 million in, I'm all ears, and you can get get hold of me at the paper. But um, no, uh, it, he's he's it's badly managed PR. Um, this is what happens when you let accountants loose on a football club. It's it's really uh, really badly staged. Uh, it could have happened a lot easier. Could have been a lot smoother. It could have uh, affected a lot fewer people and, and hurt a lot less, uh, a lot fewer staff as well. So. Um, I, I, I don't have a great deal of sympathy with him, uh, unlike Jim White, who has a lot of sympathy with him. So, <laughs> uh, not great, not, not a great technique. Direct phone number. Well, this that's it. It's 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 one of those. If if he's gonna if he's gonna do his dealing through through Sky Sports and get uh, tempered questioning that that doesn't lead anywhere, then you know what what can he expect? It's it's not um, no. not for me to say. It tells its own story, I think that doesn't it. Um, Okay, fair enough then. So we'll come to Johnny on the next one. Uh, hopes and concerns for the future. Do you have any hopes? Do you have any concerns? Have, obviously, today's uh, today's a new day, but it's going to be tomorrow a difficult one also, I think, isn't it? We start at the weekend against Preston. That Although a lot has changed, a lot stays the same. Um, how, what are you hoping is going to happen to the, fu- uh, to the future of the club? And, and do you have any sort of um, reservations, I guess I should say, about Sports Shield and about Dino uh, and about the club in general? Or you're a happy guy. It's no problem at all, and it's all going to be right and rosy. Um, no, I, I don't think it's uh, it's not going to be as rosy as, as people expect. Um, mm. I mean, when the word takeover gets branded around uh, a football club, you, you think, 
oh, happy days, we've now got money to spend on transfers, but the reality is, unless you get taken over on a on a Man City size scale, um, yeah. or like Everton are probably the most recent mm. big club to have that done to them, you, it's not really much of a change. I think the the Jay Spearian incident, which um, mm. Mark confirmed yesterday, will is is a testament to that. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, slightly sceptical, but this is this is me speaking from kind of what we've been doing, digging around, writing for the site, and some of the stuff we've we've done for the trust as well. Just kind of the credibility of, of uh, the consortium, where the money's coming from, how how long is this going to happen? Uh, how long are we going to have the money for? Because we don't want to be in the same position in two years' time. Um, so I'm very, very much on the fence. I think I know I know uh, of a lot of people who are really happy that it's been done, and, and I am for the club. It's, it's the start of a new era, but whether whether or not it's going to be a successful era as successful as when Eddie Davis first came in remains to be seen really Tom same question to you my hope is that Dean has got the best interest of the club at heart which I don't necessarily doubt but it's the people that we don't know Mm -hmm. um, that is more the concern and and their interests Um, you know Mark used the word hedge fund before and just sent a shiver down my spine Um, Mm -hmm. I just want the right the right people in charge of the football club um, and if, if it's going to be run it as a business it, it needs to be run far far better than it has been um, in the previous well let's say five years in particular um, and hopefully they've, they've got the right the, the right plan financially just just so that we're still here in five years because yeah. you know that's still a, a very real threat See, I feel like I'm happy with I'm like, I was, when it finally got announced on Thursday I was like so so relieved and it, it just I was happy because it's just it was over, and then the immediate threat of fucking liquidation on March twenty first was hopefully like ninety five percent like eradicated. But it's like people seem like oh everyone's seen the figures. Everything's gonna be hunky dory now. We're gonna sign three million pound strikers next year. We're in League One, and we're gonna start promotion. La la la. And I don't think it's going to be like that. I think next year it's still, our wage bill's still well high, and we don't, like I said, we just don't know how much money Sports Shield have. They've got enough to, to, you know, football leagues and Eddie Davis, Trevor Birch, and all the people. It's been ratified that they've got enough to keep us going, but that could be literally like scrapping along bare minimum surviving. We don't like, and we don't know after next season, so it's hard to judge. And I think whilst I'm relieved and happy at the minute, and like approaching it with some trepidation. And like, I said, and like Johnny said, the Jay Sparing stuff. We need clarity on issues like that. We need to know if they knew about it and was it. We'll talk about it more in detail in a bit. Like, but will we get? Will they tell us that it was a business decision not to do it? Because you know we're probably already down really. But that would con- that would contradict with the giving up. They're not giving up story. And there's no point spending hundred k on a player like that type thing. Or if um, mm. or if um, they didn't know about it, or if we couldn't pay it, we need like we need to know it. The main like main <coughs> criticism of the last regime was just they're not talking to us and you know this is the first challenge for the new era. Can they cl- like clearly, cohesively and concisely tell us exactly what's going on with Spear and stuff? And if they can, brilliant. I'll be a lot more confident. But if they keep silent on it, I'll you know I'll be quite concerned. I'll be honest. From my point of view, I, I've often had this, this debate with people. I mean, you know, we, we say they need to tell us but do they do they really you know what, what right do we have to know these sort of things We've you know I, I, club and that's exactly yeah but, but, but we're, yeah but if we choose not to turn up one day then, then somebody else will come and take our place yeah, maybe they'll be less bothered they want a ball well, 
Maybe not, but over the years, I remember when, when I first started watching Bolton, you don't know anything, you didn't know anything about these directors or chairman or accounts been... were filed and stuff like that. And I appreciate it's a changing footballing landscape, but we're, we're lucky to know what we know. Um, and I sometimes think that maybe we expect a bit too much in terms yeah, of... Yeah, exactly. Embarrassing. I 100% agree, Chris. Like, look at the way, speaking from the trust point of view here, we, as a steering group, we appointed Richard Hurst, who is a very respected figure in the Bolton community as acting chairman until we get the elections ready and sorted. And I've never in my life seen somebody vilified so badly on social media. And the, the man's never spoken out once. Mm-hmm. And then, then we, it was up to us to scramble around and speak to people like Mark and get Richard on, on uh, Radio Manchester and Bolton FM and stuff, just so so people could hear Richard's voice and he could he could have his own say on the matter because some of the some of the comments were horrendous. It was like, yeah. just, be, just because he's been in the same room as... As Phil Gartside for five minutes makes him makes him a crook uh, and stuff like that, and to to kind of relate that to the football club, that's the kind of level of detail that people want to know, and you're never going to get that. It doesn't happen in normal businesses, so why should it happen in football? I think in this case, with it being such a public thing, with the spear and stuff, I think just clarification on it, just to put, no matter what, if it's a bad or a good thing, just tell us so it can be put to bed. I'm not asking for like the fucking like detailed structure of every single employee's. But they did hey, tell you though. They did. They did. They did tell us about spearing though. Uh, just I because mean, you. Just I because mean, you. Fa- you. We found out at what at, at five o'clock on the day it happened. I, I mean, mean like the it's one. Of, not why it didn't. Why the hundred k wasn't paid then? But this know. is what I'm saying though. Why? Why? Why should they explain it to you and me? You know, I would. I'd love to know too. Because if they don't I, have enough. Because if, if the scenario is that they don't have enough money to pay hundred k for it, then that is concerning. But it might. But I say we don't know. And that's we can only speculate as to the reason. Which is why I'm a bit concerned at the minute. But like I said, the the biggest concern was that they just didn't talk. And even if it is just a a simple message saying we didn't know, we've only just come in. The funds aren't exactly everything's not exactly sorted yet. We didn't really know. I totally get that. But where where does it stop? Where does it stop? You know, you, know. you can you can you can end up explaining every single tiny decision. You know, why we why have we switched from Holland's pies to to, to Greg's? Nah, you know, it's that, not, that's, it wouldn't be that picky, would it? It's just but, it's, nah, it's some, some people are. Some people are like that. Yeah, I think it would. Yeah, and exactly. so I fully appreciate why you want to know, and I share that because I I, w- I would have liked to have known too. But at the same time, I'm I, I don't know what it, whether it's something to do with being ever so slightly old. I'm not saying there's any difference really, but whether it's the fact that I've, I remember when I first started going and you didn't know anything. Mm. And I like I said, I, I appreciate it's a different what's, world these days with everything that's out there for people to find out and so on. Mm. Um, what's your take on all this Jasper and stuff, Mark? We may as well get it all out of the way now. So yeah, feel, feel, feel free to. to when, when did that news come to you? To your ears? Uh, well, it was it was mostly on the on the day of the game. To be honest, um, we oh, I, I'd, I'd spoken to Al Nixon uh, about it, and the details didn't really add up to me because he was he was basing it around. Um, 40 games, uh, sorry, uh, 80 appearances, and, and the, the maths, no, nobody quite knew exactly why the, the why the decision had been made, but it all it all came to light before the game, really, um, because Jay had been out there warming up and all that kind of stuff. He obviously wasn't injured and that kind of thing. But bottom line on it is that um, the, the reason he didn't, the, the money didn't go through, is that the Sports Shield lot came in and did not know a thing about it. Oh. Nobody had told them it had been hidden from them. Um, so they chased around, trying, trying to get some some degree of, of kind of uh, clarity on it. I think Liverpool said they would would waive the or defer the deal. Then they said they wouldn't. That got pushed to the you know Friday and such. And in the end, it just couldn't get done. Um, I'm told 
that they will continue to look at sorting it this week. Um, it's not kind of the end of his Bolton career or anything like that at the moment. Um, and, you know, it's, it's it's just unfortunately, it's just happened so early in the tenure that they just mm. didn't have a chance to, to get everything sorted. And let's be honest, if 100 grand is still a lot of money. Yeah. People not think when you've got frozen bank accounts, though. Yeah, people think it's peanuts to a football club, but... I mean, we're still in financial situation yeah. at the moment where we can't just be chucking around 100 grand willy-nilly. So mm. if you look at it from the football club's point of view, we've got other midfielders who mm. can play in that position. Well, that's exactly. So, what's, more, what's more important, Jay Spearing playing one game or, or the club having a viable future well, going I'm, forward? I'm it's a sacrifice you've got to make. I'm saying, like, no, I know. Like, Max, I didn't realise that had been made public knowledge, actually, so I sound like a dick now. But, like, no, I know, like, they, co- they had come in, like, one of the reasons I speculated, that they had come in and they hadn't been told about it and it was all a last-minute thing. Right, that makes perfect sense now. And then we'll see if it gets sorted in you know in coming games or whatever. And like I say, I agree. Spearing, you know, we're you know six points adrift of the position above us now because of Derby and Middlesbrough once again fucking us. We're probably you no, know, despite what you know, despite Holdsworth's hopes and that is the the takeover's probably happened too late now. And we're probably down, but so keeping you know paying hundred k to hundred k to keep Spearing in the team, it just probably not going to make much of a difference. It's probably best saved for. Other means, I agree, but it's just good to know the exact reason. If you get me, and that's all. I, that's all I want personally. I think that's fair enough. Um, I think it's fair enough. Absolutely. Okay. Very interesting. Well, we maybe will brush on that slightly afterwards as we come towards uh, talking about the Preston game. But, but very illuminating stuff. I'm interested in that. Right. Okay. I think we've asked everyone about their hopes and concerns for the future. Apart from apart from Mark itself. Mark, I know you started off supporting Berry, but let's face it, you're one of us now. You're one of us now. There's no uh, there's no escaping that. Uh, obviously, the the hopes for the future. We all we all want this sports shield takeover, inner circle takeover, however you want to term it, to be the one that sends us into a brighter tomorrow. Um, but you know, speaking as a as a fan, as a as a journal, whatever you want, whatever hat you want to put on, how, how do you see it going forward, and, and what do you think is the, the most positive outcome we could ask for? Ah, uh, yeah, I need a hat as well with this uh, hairline. Um, <laughs> I don't know why uh, you keep bringing that up. You know, well, I know it's terrible, isn't it? Um, <laughs> people keep on bringing up Berry fan as well. I don't know where that's come from. Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't even like football. Truth be told. Um, None of us do, mate. We just don't no. like being at home on a Saturday afternoon. That's what we do. <laughs> Look, I mean, what I'd like to see is 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 a fresh start. Um, I I do hope they strip it back. I hope you know they start focusing on being a football club again. That's that's my hope is that we can do away with all these daft vanity projects, all this you know fluff that seems to have accumulated from being a, a Premier League. Uh, club and trying to be some type of global entity and turn back to what they had at Burnham Park and what they had in coming into the old Reebok and that was being a proper local club and and, and just caring about the people that came through the turnstiles. Um, that I think is what Dean wants to do. I, you know, I think as a as an ex-player, that's that's the side of things that he really wants to get back. Now, all the all the financial side. Isn't isn't a great deal to do with him, you know. He's, he's, he's yes, he's he's obviously got the um, a say in all that kind of thing, um, and and that might be a big factor in in how quickly it gets done or how successful he is in doing it. But I, I'm absolutely positive he's got the uh, the right um, the right intentions. Most definitely, I think his his approach and his mentality and his his desire is 
he's there for all to see. Um, it, 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 you know, I quite like his openness, and I feel he is being open too when he's talking to to the press and to the supporters, such as ourselves and, and other people that have met him in the last few days. I, I feel he's sincere. I feel he's genuine, and I do I do have faith in his uh, his ability to make things happen. I think a change at the top is is essential. Uh, I mean. You know, to give me a business other than football that would have someone like a chairman in position for 15 years. It's, it's pretty unlikely, um, and so a new broom coming in could could be the key to to seeing us revive. And hopefully, that's sooner rather than later. Okay, so this has been a bit of a long segment, but we'll just draw it to a quick close with uh, the very very sad news that Dougie Freeman's lost his job today. And I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to appear too much like the bitter ex, but. Uh, I, I did have a bit of a bit of a chuckle, then I sort of remembered that we were bottom of the league, and I kind of started crying again. Um, but Mark, I'm going to leave this to you and you alone. Um, any sympathy with Dougie at Forest and, and what he's had to go through? I, I do. Unlike you guys, I did get to know the guy quite well, um, and you know, I, I appreciate all 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 the things, all the all the criticism that the fans gave. I can I can understand it. Um, but as on a on a personal basis, I have got sympathy with him, and I, I think more so at the Forest job because I actually thought he did a decent job. I don't think he's done a, a sight wrong as a as a manager there at all. Um, unfortunately, the same kind of things have, have cropped him up in terms of the style of the football and the um, maybe the personality clash um, with Forest. I don't I don't really know what Forest expects in in a, an embargo for as long as they've been. Um, but of course, you're always measured up against one manager, one manager alone at uh, at Forest. I suppose you are here at Bolton as well. So uh, it's um, it's difficult for him. But uh, if you're asking if I'm sympathetic, I, I definitely am because he was he was a slightly different bloke to deal with on a day to day basis than than he came across in press conferences or or with some of the stuff he said to fans um, and all the all the tales of, of man management and all that kind of stuff. I can un- yeah. It, it, they, they were all right, but uh, on, on a personal level, I quite liked him. Fair enough. I was reading one report earlier on today on the Forest website that was saying that despite him being uh, being described by his managers when he was a player as a joy to work with, that he, he's often been accused of rubbing people up the wrong way uh, as a coach or as a manager. Um, and again, I don't want you to be too indiscreet, but if you wanted to, it'd get us a few more downloads, so that's good. But do you think that that could be, could be levied against him or... Yeah, I think maybe he's just a, a different a different kind of bloke, and sometimes people have difficulty to working him out. Perhaps he seemed like a bit of an enigma to me, anyway. Yeah, no, I mean he had a, he had his way, he had his way, and it definitely uh, was very much at odds with the way Owen Coyle had been. So the a lot of the backroom stuff, I think, when he came in and, and started, uh, you know, telling people they couldn't have you know cups of coffee at the desk and things like that. You know, it was it was it was very strict, but. And 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 he changed the way they went about things. What the, the demeanour in the office? It all went very very strict, very very um, formal. Uh, and he was kind of the complete polar opposite of the way Owen had done things. So it did hit people hard, and a lot of people didn't like it at all, particularly in the back room. Um, players, you know, not not many players have got enough about them to to care that much. To be honest, they just kind of go along with the flow, and and you know. Some of them, when they're out of the team, moan, and if they're in the team, they don't moan. That's just the way those those guys work. But um, yeah, I mean, you can level certain accusations at, at at Dougie. Certainly, I think the way he managed the whole academy side of things and and the, and the younger players, some of the stuff he said was was daft, and I advised him against it at the time, but he didn't listen to me. <laughs> um, so you know, you can't you can't defend some things, but 
I, I think I asked the question on Twitter earlier about, you know, if, if Dougie Friedman hadn't have been sacked, where would Bolton Wanderers be now? And do you think Bolton Wanderers would be bottom of the league? Now, my personal opinion is, I think they might be slightly better off having had an extra 18 months with the same manager as opposed to spending all that money changing it, getting all these new players in and not being anywhere further down the line. You know, obviously, financially, they were always going to be going to one destination, and that was, you know, the brink of administration. But having spent all that cash on all that change, they they haven't got anything better out of it. But do you not think, I mean, from my point, my point of view at the time, that, that change was a, was a no-brainer. I mean, I'm not comparing it necessarily to, 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 to this exact metaphor, but if you were to be, to be going out with Stacey from down the road and then Beyonce comes along and flutters her eyelashes at you, Neil Lennon being Beyonce, of course, wouldn't you take that, wouldn't you take that chance? I mean, it's been said many a time that obviously his pedigree in Scotland is what it is, but at the time, you know, he was managing the Champions League, he'd won titles, he was a relatively, relatively a bit of a coup for Wanderers. Um, I, I know where you're coming from, but I still think that the, the, the decision to dispense with Dougie and the, the opportunity to go with Lennon was perhaps one that we were wise to take. Um, in hindsight, and I, and, I, and I fully admit this myself, I was so haughty and huffy. Oh, you know, why do you want to be linked with Chris Hewton? Why do you want to be linked with Mick McCarthy? We're, we're Bolton Wanderers, we're better than that. Yeah. And look how, look how stupid that is, in, that is with hindsight. Um, you know, it, well, I hate to say I told you so, but you know... No, never want to blow my own trumpet on that. But anyway, Dougie is what it is. I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll end up back at Crystal Palace in a few months when Pardew implodes uh, and everyone will be happy and we can forget that ever happened. But let's have a break because flipping it, we've been talking for ages and then we'll come back and we'll have a little gab about Preston, um, a bit about Bristol City and then we'll, we'll get on to the next segments after that. So stay where you are, listeners. We shall be back momentarily. Okay, welcome back. And after the campest ever countdown by Daniel Murphy, we're going to talk about the Preston North End game. That's right, Wanderers lost 2-1 against my adopted hometown yesterday. I've had uh, literally two people come up to me and talk to me about it ever since. So so much do they care about it on their famous Gentry Day. First time right, so general thought... Day. First time they went on Gentry Day since like 2008 or 2009. Oh. Um, yeah, on that exact topic, who who posted that statistic before the game on Saturday, Dan? Can you remember who it was? You <laughs> said they had, they, had, they had it won for ages. <laughs> I could, no, it was, definitely was not me. Mm, definitely. Not I also absolutely. said, I also said, well, something like I'm gonna like kill myself when you and Doyle scores a winner, and you know I'm still standing somehow despite. My... Despite I thought it was that right back. Was it not that Vermeil that scored? Vermeil hit the shot across, but apparently it came off Doyle last. And See, I've always had a problem with giving goals to centre forwards in that position. If you didn't mean it, it wasn't your goal. General thoughts on the match, Johnny. I'm going to come to you first. I saw you in the fan zone before, looking very suave, and we thought the game would go well. Uh, obviously, we were both completely utterly wrong. Um, but how do you think it went? I mean, for your own point of view, who was your, your, your most effective and perhaps least effective wanderer? And feel free to espouse at length as to how the game went in your point of view. Um, I mean, I thought it was going to be the dawn of a new era. I thought we were going to come out fighting um, as we have done against Burnley and Ipswich in, in recent home games but we just we were half a yard off the pace for the full 90 minutes um, big players big game players well as big as you can get when you're bottom of the championship just players not having good games Gary Medin was shocking I know you've got words to say about that Chris so I'll leave that to you but um, yeah Feeney I thought he had an off game Trotter poor um, the only the only beacon of hope was was the three out of four at the back four, which was uh, Moxie, Holden and Derek. I thought all played well, but everybody else 
was was pretty average really and we we I said it when it was me Dan and Tom on the other week we we have to win our home games to even stand a chance of getting out of this mm. this mess that we're in and we got three left now Exactly, and we we need to be winning <laughs> Middlesbrough and Hull. Depends, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough might not be a bad option after today. Yeah, they'll stick five past us because it's on telly. Just know. So I found out today. Someone texted me about this. Right, apparently um, they wanted to sign Ross McCormack and they couldn't do it. But Jordan Rhodes is the nephew of the Middlesbrough assistant manager, so they signed him instead. And he's scored. What he's had? I think he's had. And like he's scored one. I more think bookings than like that. Goals apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Johnny. We interrupted you. Um. No, I just think we we have. To, I mean, it's obvious we have to win our own games, and we've got a, an away record as bad as ours. You have to first and foremost win games against teams in and around you. So we should really, on paper, be, be beating Bristol City next next week. But then it's not going to happen. So we, we've got to make the most of our home games, and and we're just not good enough. We really are not good enough. We got players like Zach Clough, who labelled as the Messiah and the next next big thing for the club. He just started disappearing and in the games where we need him most. Um, I thought he was really, really poor yesterday. So, I think they just they look like a team that knows they've been relegated already. Mm. Interesting talking about Clough and, and Mark. I was going to ask you about that. What do you think the issue... Do you think... Well, obviously, I, I think there's an issue with Clough's performance at this minute. Do you, do you share that? And, and if so, what, what do you think's maybe causing that? Do you think he's... He's either not fully fit, or maybe he's being burdened by expectation. He's been my my own personal idea is that he's being played out of position a little Playing bit. Playing up top with Guy Medine as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, anyone, anyone, any, anyone could play up top with with anyone. But Mark, do you think that Clough is maybe being underutilised or, or played out of position or, or whatever? But he's in a funk at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he's definitely in a definitely in a funk. He's he's not playing well at all. I mean, Zach Clough, in, with any degree of confidence, would have bagged that header. Um, in the first half, and then and on Tuesday as well. Let's not forget, yeah, he had more yeah. or less the, an identical chance on Tuesday. Exactly, exactly. He's he's better than that. He's definitely better than that. Um, I agree. He's you know to play him up front on his own at times, or or alongside Feeney uh, for a bit of support is is crazy. To be honest, it's uh, it's not to get it's not getting the best out of him. Um, so I do sympathise with him on that front, but. I think he's feeling the pressure a bit. He's a young lad, um, and suddenly we're looking at him to to try and drag the team out the out the mire. Um, it should it should be the the senior players that are doing that. It should be the the lads yeah, that have got a bit more experience um, who are who are giving the younger lads a, a bit of a break. And, and unfortunately, that hasn't happened. Certainly, as far as uh, strikers go, I mean, they, they've got virtually nothing, haven't they, up, up front? So. Um, no, I mean I think you just you highlight. I, I disagree. Um, before and said that Feeney had played poorly. I thought he was he was pretty good. He was the best of a very 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 average bunch on Saturday. But um, I, I don't uh, I don't think it was a great performance, particularly second half. Um, yeah, I've I've changed my tune a little bit on Feeney in the last couple of weeks. I've, I've maybe taken on board the fact that I've perhaps been a bit overcritical and, and I've, I've paid a bit more attention. And I do fully appreciate where people are coming from in terms of his effort. And so I would I would also agree with you, Mark, on that. I thought. Uh, and I reflected it, I think, in my ratings in that he was one of the better players. Granted, he's, not a lot of it came off, but I, I think in terms yeah. of outlets go, I, th- I think he was probably our only one. Um, he shows himself. He doesn't well, stay away from it, which... He, he does, not, and, and that's right. If we were it, honest, it, he's not... He's not a very good football, but he never shies away, and I think that can well, be appreciated. I can, I can absolutely appreciate that, because, I mean, you know, God... God knows I'm a terrible footballer, but at least you're keen to get involved, you know. And and, and I don't think you can criticise that too much because, yeah, the end product might not be there, but at the same time, how much of that is his fault? How much of that is the fact that he's, he's, he's 
like Clough, a lot of it is on his back if Clough doesn't do something. And again, well, at the same time, Wellington Feeney doesn't do still, something and Feeney doesn't do, do something Feeney's and who else will? Our top, one of our top goal scorers and set the most goals up and I know you don't pay much credence to assists and that but you know, without him we'd be even fucking worse off this season. No, absolutely right and so I think to, to, to criticise him when he's been poor, fair enough. To criticise him on at weekend I think maybe he's been a bit mean, uh, Johnny, so I hope you can sleep well tonight. Um, but <laughs> Same question to Tom on that one. Uh, what was your thoughts um, following the Preston game? And who do you think did well? And who do you think perhaps didn't do so well? I think that, and I've put this in an article that's going to go out midweek. I think they were everything that we weren't. Their game management is hmm. is very wow. good. Yeah. They know they know exactly when to give the foul away before something develops. They know when and where to give fouls away. They know when to break up play. Um, in terms of who played well for us, I thought Feeney was one of our better players. Um, Two centre halves. I think Rob Holding probably had the best game he's had for us so far uh, that I've seen. Anyway, uh, Derek was played very well. Um, bad performances. Gary Medine was unspeakably awful from from the first kick. He just doesn't look interested whatsoever. Um, he's a target man that doesn't show much interest in in winning a header uh, to the point where people were ironically cheering when he did win one. Um, Mark Davis, I think he's. I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know. Mark Davis used to be a player that that would take risks and he'd he'd lose the ball, but he'd lose it running at men. Now he's happy to play the two three yard pass sideways backwards. Um, he gave a stupid foul away on the edge of the box in the second half, um, which was exactly it, it stood out because Preston ex- weren't doing that. They weren't giving fouls away on the edge of the box. Um, I thought Laurie were given by the referee. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's another topic in a moment or two. Do you think, Tom, that, that Davis is maybe playing a bit too deep? I've I've worried about it for a couple of years on the slide, whether he's playing too deep. And it's all well and good in running with the ball, you know, 10 yards outside the box. But if that was 10 yards further forward, it gives people options in the box. And also, it tempts defenders into maybe making a foul. Um, no. I don't think he is a number 10. I mean, he's a player that he's certainly not a sitting midfielder, but you know the position, the sort of position that he was playing um, on Saturday is probably, as a narrow central midfielder, is probably the yeah. most natural position. People, I wouldn't say he's a number 10. People have been defending Davis with like his positioning, that argument, for years now. And aside from maybe when he first came in and then one spell in our first year in the Championship, but I think before he got injured at Peterborough, at home to Peterborough, like that sort of spell, he's done. You know, he's not really been that good for us, no matter where he's played, really. Apart from a couple, I've been here a long, been here a long time as well. Yeah, uh, seven player now, by far. Yeah, but but Tom, sorry to for you to carry on, please. Yeah, there's just one more, and I wanted to get it in there before anyone else did. Um, I thought Laurie Wilson had a horror show in the second half. What? Oh, oh steady I, I on. never. And are you feeling okay, mate? I know. How happy <laughs> were you when he scored, Tom? It's oh. Did you laugh when he saw number twenty-five go up for Preston and he ran off as if it was <laughs> going to be him? Oh, well, <laughs> it, was, it was one of those games for him, wasn't it? Where he just he, he, he looked like he couldn't wait. I mean, the first half, to be honest, they didn't really come down the left wing. 
And no, since uh, the second half, I thought, have they brought this lad on, this 37? Has he come on at half-time and have I missed this? Because nothing came down the left side and Grayson must have said, let's get at the right-back. And he, he, he had, he had a have, had him. reach on the left because they switched at half-time, I believe. They went from like five at the back to 4-3-3. Well, Preston are one of those teams, aren't they? I saw someone post in advance of the game saying, oh, I'd, I've never heard of half of these Preston yeah, players. It, it, might, it, might, it might have been, Rob. And, um, but, but that's exactly what the sort of team that, that we, should be, we should be looking yeah. to emulate these days because yeah, it's, right. it's not about your names who you've played for your Liverpool Real Madrid or whatever Absolutely. But, but being a tightly organised unit yeah. well drilled I mean you know if you Pre- asked Preston any of us to name their back four now we'd probably struggle but how good were they? Preston haven't had Beckford all season and you know the best, one of the best players last year let's be honest he was their best player last year maybe perhaps like a couple of others and they've, you know, they didn't have Garner at the weekend either. The strike force, I think, they, they played Hugel up front who did score. But he's like, crap. <laughs> like, every Preston fan I know hates most, like, thinks most of their team's crap. But they're like a unit. Like, to a lesser extent, how Burnley, because Burnley have a bit more quality though. Like, they, like, just because they're a team rather than... You can, you can equate this to Spurs and Leicester in the Premier League as well. Well, they're greater than some of the parts, exactly, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. Preston, you know, and they, they, you know, we're not. We just don't have that team unity. We don't have that amount of fight where people just dig it out for each other and, you know. most definitely most definitely Tom anything further to add to that um, only that I disagree with Johnny and I think that Liam Trott had a good first half his goal was I, lovely yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know he had that in his locker he, he controlled he controlled our passing game from from that sitting position and I thought he's, he's a better option than Jay Spearing in, in that position I think defensively he, he's good he breaks up play well he reminds me of uh, Moamba when he plays in that role in front of the back four just breaking up play very well when we've not got the ball but I think he's, his passing and his general movement it's just so laboured he's just so slow and I think there's a guy who sits behind me who compared him to a tree um, He just, I just don't think he's very mobile and I think in that role you've got to be I don't know maybe as mobile as someone like Neil Dans Mm, but that's maybe. just that's just my personal opinion. I think well, Danzy's games because he's always had them niggly injuries. I think that's never let him get a run of form going. Mm. Mm, it's very interesting. Well, I'll, I look forward to uh, to Ito Karanka shape whipping us into shape in the coming weeks. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but no, I, I I thought it was a quite a, a, a keenly contested game. I, I certainly didn't think we were second best at any point. Um, it was just a, the difference between having. Somebody up front like that, John Hugill, who when he wasn't throwing himself on the ground every five minutes, was was proving himself to be quite a reasonable target man. Um, our defence, I thought we did all right. I thought Derek. It's amazing if you could try and think Derek. Imagine him without that hair. I bet he's only about four foot six, but, but <laughs> he does he does so well in the air. I think him and Holding have been really really positive in the last month or so. And uh, and Holding being as he is, I mean, God, I, I've not seen a defender with that sort of temperament since since the Goodney days. I don't think, or, or maybe yeah, even. A shade of Gary Cale on about him, you know. I think he's got a really, really bright future, and, and I really hope that uh, uh, Mark, you can maybe weigh in on this one. Talk of uh, of, of interest coming from elsewhere has maybe been speculation only. Um, it, it, someone was talking at weekend about a, a potential move to Reading. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if that's just paper talk or if it's it's idle internet gossip. But you, I know Lennon mentioned about an option in Holding's contract that we'd yet to take up. It seems like an absolute no-brainer to me. That they've got an extra, they got the option of the extra year. Yes. Um, Reading definitely did come in. They offered four hundred grand in January, uh, and they got Jesus. turned down. I respect them for turning that down, really. Absolutely. Well, yeah. If, if, if there's one thing Terry Robinson did right in his short term yeah. uh, here, that was that was going to be it. Um, but you. yeah, I mean, look, Rob Holding. I was speaking with John McGinley about this a couple of days ago. Uh, I think we both 
agree that I think he's he's a future captain of Bolton Wanderers. I think he's exactly what you want from anybody coming through the system now. I think if he's going to be used as a blueprint, that's that's the way forward for the football club. Um, reminds me a lot of Alan Stubbs, to be honest, in that the, the way he can handle the ball and his his positioning is immaculate. Um, but I, I suppose the way Stubbsy left the club, that's not exactly a great comparison to, to oh, make. God, I still spit on the ground when I hear about Alan Stubbs. I know, I know. But he was, he was a when he came through, a fantastic young lad, um, and and homegrown. Most importantly, you know, the, mm. you know, to, to, the the biggest thing, and I, and and I know Dean Holdsworth um, has, has touched on this. The biggest thing is to get him tied down to a contract. Now, you absolutely have to has has to happen um, longer than the the deal option. Um, and make sure that he's here for three or four years now. That's, that's I'm definitely so relieved to hear that that's like actually been fucking thought about because I've been like sweating just for thinking like you know holding's gonna be gone in summer. I can't cope. But to know that a there's an extra added an extra year thing the and that you know they've 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 real you know the ownership have like realised straight away that they need to get these youngsters tied down. Are the likes? It's just really relieving. Are the likes of um. Woolery and Walker and I think Fitzsimmons as well, people like that. And yeah, I mean, I, I've, just to interrupt a tiny bit, Dan, I've compiled a bit of a list about what contract players, and we'll, we'll go through that with Matt later oh, okay. on. But I, I, I totally agree with you. I think Tyne, Tyne holding up is, is absolutely priority number one for, for everybody. He from, from you know emergency right back to, to virtual first name on the team sheet in the space of, of three months is uh, is unparalleled. I think in terms of that, maybe Zach Clough last season could perhaps echo that kind of. Uh, that kind of progression. I thought I thought holding again was excellent. And to further what I said, my ratings, I mean, I don't want to belabor the point. I wasn't impressed necessarily with Trotter's overall game. I thought he took his goal really well. Um, someone likened him to a guy carrying a fridge on his back through quicksand when he's running. Um, sure. I, 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 I think that's a pretty, pretty accurate metaphor as well. Yeah, most likely. It's very clever. Um, and Medine being Medine, you know, he had that patch on his head. Is that his excuse for not winning the single header, or is it just the fact he can't hit the ball? I don't know. Um, but I've made my point in the read. I'm not going to belabor that particular one. Right, uh, half time. I missed this because my brother, for the first time in his life, offered to buy me a pint. So being a, being a clever guy, I didn't turn that down. I missed Big Sam and Dino on the pitch. Tom, did that get you right in the fields? Uh, I missed it as well. I was <laughs> I was more interested in getting a pie. <laughs> Who else was actually out on the pitch? Because I know the no, everyone so you weren't running around. Find out. Who else was? Yeah, Mark, are you able to shed some light on that? I presume yeah, you weren't. Yeah. you weren't enjoying a pint or a pie. Unfortunately, not. No, they don't do food anymore at Bolton at half time. Um, Saving money. No, exactly. Oh, no no problem money. with that. Um, they, they, had, they had quite a few out there. People like uh, John Byron, Pete Nicholson, uh, Ian Seddon was out there. John Thomas. Uh, Oh, crikey, that's what I think. Um, I had, there is a list, actually. I, I did a story this afternoon on, on the, oh, the website. There, was, there were six or seven you know, that played in the same team as Gary Jones, who was out there in the wheelchair. He's, he's been battling cancer. Oh. Um, and that was the reason it was kind of a reunion. And Sam Allardyce had, uh, had come sort of especially to, for that, really, not for any other reason, not not with Holdsworth in mind, really, at all. It was it was a case of coming in and supporting Gary Jones. So uh, the former Players Association gave them a cheque for, for £500 to a, a charity and that kind of thing. So um, one thing I will say on that, actually, uh, talking about Dino, I just thought it was it was really classy. The, the idea had been for Dean to step out onto the pitch and do the whole wave to the crowd thing before the game. Um, but with... With this whole thing with Gary Jones um, at half time, 
Dean said, I don't, I don't want to do it. I, I, it's his day. Oh, I want to respect him going out on the pitch and getting the, getting the applause. So he, he walked out in support with everybody else and gave a little wave, I know, but um, both he and Sam kind of shied away a little bit from the from the publicity that they probably could have done. Let's face it, they could have had all the adulation and milked it for all it was worth, but I thought that was really classy. Do you think Holdsworth might do something different than that, a future home game, perhaps on the last game of the season or anything like that? And, uh, I, I don't know. It, it may, maybe it depends on how the how the rest of this season goes. Uh, I, I think it's a shame that he hasn't managed. And I know he cancelled his press conference on Friday as well, which uh, meant a, a bit less uh, attention that he probably could have got from the press on on the weekend as well. Just did something in house on the YouTube channel, which was uh, which was fair enough. Um, but uh, I don't think he necessarily wants to be. You know the man in the spotlight all the time. I think he wants to try and get his feet under the table and get get down to some work because there's a lot of big decisions ahead. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine it, it's, it's akin to buying a house and coming in and finding all the walls are crumbling. You know, there's a, there's a lot ahead, a lot ahead of him. So, okay, well, in brief, then we'll go through you one by one. Johnny, chances of survival for Bolton obviously were were a fair way adrift and we're running out of games. Do you think it's possible? Do you think we need to give up the ghost and maybe blood the kids? Or do you think we need to go balls to the wall, 4-2-4, try your best and see where we go? Um, I think, personally, I think we're, we're, we're gone. Uh, there's just not enough not enough winnable games in our fixture list left. Uh, they don't look like they want it. Some do. That's some fair to time out with the same brush. But the majority look like they, they've had enough already and they, they may be even thinking about where they're going to be next season because it certainly won't be with us. Um, I mean, I'd like to see them try, but I think if we look at it realistically now, there's just not long enough. Fair enough, Dan. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I think if the takeover had have gone through um, four weeks ago, maybe before when it was rumoured to and everything just kept falling apart, if it had have gone through then. And we could have had that embargo lifted, maybe got reinforcements in in time. I think potentially we could have done something. Yeah, what are we now? Are we know we know wins in seven, something so like that. Not since MK Don. Totally, totally the wrong, the wrong time of the season, isn't it? To be to be in this sort of form. No, not so, yeah. We're not one since February sixth now at Robert Rotherham, I believe. So yeah, quite yeah, quite a long way away. And you know, nine nine games left now. Is it three? You know, we've still got to play quite. You know, we've got to play Cardiff, Middlesbrough, Derby. And um, Reading, who are upper end of the table, and like Brentford, who are shit, but the you know they're better than us as as our Fulham and as our Bristol City, we're, you know, we're the bottom of the table for a reason because we're the worst team in the league, and that's how it's going to go, unfortunately. Um, just now, I as you say, believe the kids. I think next year, we as I say, we don't know how much money we'll have transfer wise, so a lot of our squad next year may be um, around the kids and. We know what we've got, and you know bits of bits and jabs of the squad we have now. So I'd like, I would like to see some more of the kids getting in. I'd like to see Tom Walker, as I've been calling for literally all fucking season, just to get a bit more of a run in the team, get a run in the team even, just see him play again. Because I thought he, I, I like him. I think he's quite good. And you know we've been lacking balance with you know only playing one winger for the, all this season and stuff like that. I'd like to see. I think the centre back pair partnership of Holding and Derek, as you say, really like the look of that keep that for now but everywhere else get young players and get Vela actually in midfield for Christ's sake start Woolery you know give others a couple of goals and what just yeah and then go for it you know, just give the kids a goal let them have a go at it and 
you know, might end the season with a bit of dignity, if nothing else. Wuther is too raw. He's too raw. I know, yeah. He's not ready. <laughs> oh, God. He's never ready. Tom, same question to you. <laughs> uh, same question to you, Tom. Any is chance too of survival? Late? Is that the question? Mm. Have we got a chance of staying up? It is. Let's come on. I don't think we have. What do you come think? On. Let's 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 be serious. We've been down for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> we've got no no backbone, no fight. We've 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 not got that that aspect that we've always had. That I've always seen in Bolton teams, good, bad, or ugly. We we haven't got that aspect to our game where if you want, you know, if a team wants to come for a scrappy game, we get stuck in, we dig in, and we do it. Um, we haven't got that. We're, we're weak. Um, uh, the only one who really seemed to be willing for that at the weekend was Prattley, but then again, he was more interested in trying to start a fight than, than, than grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. We just haven't got it in us, um, and it's a real shame. But yeah, we're down, but we've been down for a long time. We just need to, like you said, just it's a new start, start fresh. I mean, Dan, when you started talking about Tom Walker, then I mean, it's enough to get excited about thinking about, you know, holding Clough, Walker, Woolery, mm-hmm. Vela. If if we can manage to keep hold of these players, if we can if we can get a young team in League One, um, then that'd be a really exciting new start for us. So there's plenty to be positive about for next season, but we need to give up on this year. Agree, and I'm I'm in full agreement, Mark. While we've got you on, um, in in terms of next year, obviously there's, there's a lot of clamour for the fans, um, especially on on social media for the likes of Thomas. Um, and even to a point, Sammy's had it from the under-18, 21 team, whatever they want to call it these days, to get a punt. Do you think that when relegation's confirmed, which we all tend to believe it is, and I think you even tweeted something similar yourself after the game on Saturday, do you do you think there may be some sort of scope to get them in the team, or do you think Lennon's going to be the sort of manager that will persevere with the team he's persevered with all season? Um... I'm a little bit... I know I, it's hard to say. I, I accept well, that. I'm a bit ambivalent with the two of them, to be honest, because they don't even get in the under-21 team every week. Mm. You know, it's. It, I think no, they've got they've I got know. to be they've got to be playing week in, week out and, and playing well week in, week out for the under-21s before you get a chance in the in the first team. And I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I've, I've seen Thomas a good few times this season and he hasn't done a great deal for me, if I'm being absolutely honest Tom Malloy always says that, doesn't he, Chris? Yeah, I, you know, he's... I, I know... <laughs> I'm probably yeah, I'm the kind of guy that says that Jordan Rhodes doesn't do a great job outside the penalty box, and yet he weighs in with 20 goals. There may there may be a system that works that, that that you could put Jamie Thomas in there, and he'd be fantastic. But from what I have seen of him, I'm yet to be convinced. Uh, the young lad Sam Adzi, again, uh, he's very very young. Let's let's say he's, he's even younger than, than Jamie Thomas. Um, so to throw him in at, at senior level it doesn't seem right to me to be honest at, at, at that age when you haven't even played for the under-21s for a full season yet so especially with all the Derby County stuff and you, you know I'm not too sure he necessarily wants to be sticking around anyway so Do you think with the other more established young players so likes of Walker and Woolery and that do you reckon <laughs> in that regard we should just give them a chance to bleed in and go for it at the end of the season while the pressure's off if we are well, what, what, Yeah Walker's out of contract isn't he? Is Walker, Wallerith, Fitzsimmons, well, White, Freckeld, all out of contact at the end of the year, I do believe. I'd like to see them bring Freckeld, Freckeld back. He just got nominated as player of the month, I believe. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to see him come back. He's been playing... He's been uh, playing in midfield, midfield. Think, for Plymouth. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's got he's got something about him. I've always thought he was he was all right. I think he'd, mm. He I'd got unfairly shit on when he played at right yeah. back at Norwich and got 
know, got caught out of throwing or something like that. Oh, he got properly shafted. Let's say it as it is. He got absolutely shafted. And Matt Mills, I'm glad you fucked that week that mistake up yesterday. Your bell end. I, I put full blame <laughs> on Matt Mills for that. Yeah. No, no. Shocking. Yeah. I think, Shocking. Yeah. Sorry, I, I interrupted your flow there. I apologize. Me. Dan, you were talking about Frelko. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. Like Mark said, I think I'd like to see him come back. I think doesn't his loan loan run out this month? I think Mark. It does. It certainly they they wanted to give him a bit of a chance to to earn a deal, if you will, for next yeah. season. Let him play, get get the experience, then come back and have a chance in the first team. But I I think it works out to his advantage then to to come back and and be able to to play in a team that effectively down, but you, you're playing for next season. I'm, I'm with you with Walker. I, I'd like to see a bit more of Walker. Um, I think he's been he's been decent. I've not been massively struck with him even even when he was in 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 and about the first team. But I, I, I'm I'm willing to give him a chance. Niall Meyer's another one that I'd like to have yeah. another look at. Finney is another one that I think's not done a, a great deal wrong when I've seen him. Certainly in the under twenty one. Well, it's Quinn Taylor these out. days. I forgot about him. Yeah, Quintel. Yeah, I'm not as as struck. I, just, I think he's too big. Yeah, same with Hayden yeah. White. He turned turned from being. He just turned seemed to be a big big right back. You know, and it doesn't seem to move very well. But um, seems like Holden's yeah. just come out of nowhere and leapfrogged all of them. I know he had a bit of an injury at Bury last year, wasn't it? That well, do you know what? When when he went to Bury last year, he didn't even get in the team. Yeah, you know, that's they, what were, I thought. They, were, they were singing and dancing about him. He played, he played, he played one. Didn't he played one. Yeah, never never got in the team. So yeah, he came completely out of nowhere. I would never have given him a chance at the start of the season. So that you know what I just said about Jamie Thomas and, and Sam Adzie, that you know shows you how I know really. You know, he it, it, sometimes it just happens for you and everything, everything, all the stars align and you become a first team player. But um, no, I think I'm mean, holding's the real deal. I think he'll go far. Um, but there's, there's there's two or three lads there that have been out on loan. White White as well. I don't think he's going to come back from Blackpool. But Liam actually um, went to a Blackpool game a couple of weeks ago and he sang high praises of White. Actually, he's a, he's moved to centre back now, I think. But yeah, plays right back, and he was saying that he was absolutely brilliant, and we should give him a go at some point. Yeah, I think you've got you've got a few there, haven't you? White and Quay Taylor and Finney and Holden and Derek, and I think you've probably got to trim that down a little bit. But mm. uh, I, I think. Derek and Holden, for me, uh, I know David Weeter is coming back quite soon. He's back in training now. Um, I kind of hope that they, they stick with, with the two young lads and give them that the rest of the season just to see it out, to be honest. Yeah, because I like Weeter, but with his wages... and he's Absolutely. Not... You've got... Yeah, most definitely. You've got to bed people in for next year. And Mark, one, one final question before we close this segment up. Um, do you think, is there a particular reason why we've not seen the likes of Finney and Taylor maybe go out on loan? I know we had this problem in the past with Clough and with Vela that maybe we thought that their development would be better served by taking a bit of a spell away playing playing men's football for a, for a time because uh, Taylor, I think, he, is he 21, something like that? He's not a kid. Mm. Um, and Finney as well. Finney's been around the first team for 12 months, but he, he's not really come on because he's not had that exposure. The Wanderers make the effort to, to send him out on the line. I know he's done the same with Threlkel, but... Tom Walker, for example, would have been primed, I thought, for a loan at Wigan or someone like that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with you. I, I would have, I would have sent them out on loan. I wonder whether or not just the whole problem of the club in the last few months has just meant that they've taken their eye off that sort of thing and, and the attention's been diverted elsewhere. They haven't really done many loan deals. It's, it's all, yeah. it's all a little bit difficult to sort. So the That's last few months have been a write-off, really. Um. Yeah. So before we do wrap up, we've got Bristol City on Saturday away. So you know it's coming up to we've last one away on April eighth at Cardiff City. 
Do you reckon that'll change on the weekend, uh, um, Johnny? What do you expect from that game? Uh, not a great deal, if I'm honest, mate. Um, yeah, I think. That's just, I mean, we're just so poor, so poor away from home. Um, I, I can't see, I can't see much for the rest of the season, if I'm honest. Um, the, that, the last two games, uh, the way they played against Ipswich, I think from Bur- since Burnley, just been, I think Tom used the word spineless. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of I was ever the optimist a few weeks ago and now I've just completely changed tack and I'm just looking forward to going to Rochdale away next year so, no, yeah. I, 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 we're burying a bit of trouble I heard uh, recently I hope they're not if they go down I'll be well and if Sheffield United they, they won't but if they leave that division in any way I'll be annoyed because very a very a mid table. Um Tom, what do you what 15, do you see? I think. What do you see happening on Saturday? Bristol City. Yeah. Home wins, stick it on your coupon. Next. Um Mark, <laughs> are you make I take it you're making a long trip down? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll be there. It's a wonderful place to work. Um no I, I can't see I can't see them winning. Uh, maybe, maybe nick a draw, but because uh, um, Bristol City aren't any great shakes really. But uh, certainly on on the road, they've been terrible. Um, I, I, I for, for, for the record, I do think that they are down. So I, I, I think it's it's about time they start thinking about next season now and and maybe changing the the selection to suit. Yeah, Mark, as someone who watches well, pr- pretty much all of our games, what is it about our away form? Um, it's a good question, really. Uh, I, I don't think they're they're set up to hold any pressure. That's the that's the thing. Um, I think at home, you know, you, you have that kind of little bit more incentive to to go forward. But I think you know they get hit on the break quite often, and that's that's usually when they they get undone. But away from home, where you pen back a little bit, they just can't handle it. You know, I don't think tactically they're set up. Especially well to uh, to handle the extra pressure you get away from home, and you know there isn't enough pace in the team to be able to hit on the break and and, and counter attack. There's only Feeney, let's face it, that could put a decent hundred meters in, um, and and Feeney's hit and miss when he gets anywhere near the penalty box. So uh, no, you know, just uh, there's no lack of effort there. There is no lack of effort there. There's just a real lack of quality. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just our season, isn't it? Anyway, we'll bring that section to a close, and next we'll have a Q&A from our lovely listeners um, asking questions to Mark here, so don't go anywhere. Right, welcome back to the 50th episode of the world's uh, the world's greatest Bolton Wanderers podcast, home of technical difficulties 2016. Right, we're going to go straight into Mark Isles' Q&A. Mark has been very kind to join us yet again. I think it's your third appearance on the pod. Uh, Mark, and we've asked the lovely listeners to, to tweet in or to send in their, their questions for you. They're on a variety of topics. We tried to keep it away from the boring finance stuff. Um, there may be one or two little bits in there, but nothing too drastic. Okay, to start straight in, um, Jack Walker, not the Jack Walker, I don't think, uh, said, can Bolton stay up as far as you're concerned, Mark? No. Next. No, uh, look, I, I, I've said it for a few weeks, to be honest. I, I didn't believe, you know, I, I don't expect the players to give up hope. I don't expect the manager or the owner or anything like that. But I think I've been fairly realistic in, in just saying it, it's it's beyond uh, it's beyond people. It's beyond the team, rather, to, uh, to to win six games, seven games now out of the last nine. 
Um, you look at Charlton this, uh, this afternoon against Middlesbrough, that's a team scrapping. You look at Rotherham, that's a team scrapping. I look at Bolton and, and the, the quality just isn't there, I'm afraid. And, and I'll, I'll be the first person to be, you know, stand corrected and, and to say I was wrong. But I'm sorry from where I'm stood, they're going down. OK, ditto. Mark Weaver says, do you see us getting any loans in before the end of the transfer window? Uh, I'm, I'm not overly optimistic, if, if I'm being frank. Uh, I, I think this, this, uh, it's a lot more difficult than people maybe give it credit for, for to getting rid of this embargo. Um, and I don't think it's going to happen in a week, as Neil Lennon said on Friday. Um, so they've only got how long now? Uh, 11 days. So I, I think time might run out anyway, but even so, I think by the time, uh, you know, the, the, the 24th of March comes around, it might not be a wise business decision anyway. I would rather see no. younger players blooded in, uh, get, give a bit more of a blueprint for next season and uh, just use it that way rather than, rather than just throwing money down a hole. Uh, it, on, on that same subject, and only because I forgot to ask earlier on, uh, in terms of the spearing deal, um, w- would you have made the same call that, that Holdruff and Gang made to, to not pay? Again, I, I don't think they, they said they weren't going to pay. I think they, they approached Liverpool and said, can you defer it? Um, that dragged on for a while, and it kind of it, it, I think that cost them a bit of time, maybe if, if they'd have gone straight in and said, oh, we're going to pay it straight away. Um I think I probably made it. I probably made the same call. I mean, you know, behind the scenes, I'm sure they're being realistic as well. And you know, at, at what stage they necessarily learned about this clause, um, I'm sure it was late because they certainly didn't know anything about it on Wednesday when they when they came in and were, were due to take the club over. So, there's, I think there's going to be a lot more skeletons falling out the closet that that um, previous uh, previous people have left behind. Well, let's hope that refers to Gary Medine's salon clause, so he can't play for the rest of the season as well. <laughs> um, our courtroom correspondent, Ian, Smurf, uh, Ian Firth, Ian Smurf, Ian Firth has said, after the pressing defeat, do you think Holdsworth will now order Lennon, I love that, order Lennon to, to begin preparations for, for next season in League One? Uh, personally, I think they, they probably should have thought, started thinking about that about three months ago. No, and I agree with that, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I think this, this week with Ken Anderson coming in on Monday, uh, all of a sudden, I think they're, they're going to be able to speak with Neil Lennon very frankly about what their plans are. Um, whether or not they're going to order him to do anything, um, I don't know. I think it'll be a very interesting week. If you know People have, have speculated over how secure Neil Lennon's job is for a long time, and the bottom line is that there was nobody there to, to hire and fire. If people didn't rate the job that Neil Lennon was doing, there wasn't anybody that was going to stand there and do it. Now, we think, there is. Um, and, you know, how long they give him, whether they say, you know, until they're mathematically relegated and then we press the button, or whether they say, well, we'll see at the end of the season and speak over the summer. I think this week will, will be a big indicator as to what their thinking is. Do we know... Sorry to budge in. I mean, I know you told me I'm not here, but I am. Do we know if there's a... Like a, I can't, I can't remember the word on top of here, but like a payoff fee for Lennon. Like there's been 600k kits banded about. Do we actually know if there's anything concrete on that? Yeah, I, I think the numbers are not a million miles off. I think the, 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 he's. I, I was told uh, that it would cost about a million pounds at Christmas to make all the staff redundant, to, to make the managerial change that you'd want to do. And I don't think that was ever going to happen at Christmas once. Uh, what happened in the tabloids happened. Um, so 
So, and and that would then reduce in in League One, obviously, because everybody's wages take a take a hike as well. But I I, I think that once the the relegation kicks in, there that's when the decision will be made. Put it that way. I think if if when once once Bolton are mathematically relegated, then the then the real decision has to be made. Agree fully. Uh, okay, a quick question from me on, on a similar sort of topic. I, I'm going to bump it up the schedule a little bit. Um, the loss of Johan Johan Mialbi, um, Mark. A lot of people have said that that's then influenced the defensive instability that we've seen ever since he did leave the club. Do you think there's any any credence in that at all, or do you think he's is it's not maybe his influence is perhaps a bit overstated? I'm not sure. Um, maybe a little, a little overstated. I don't think it's been strictly down to to Johan going. I think he was certainly a good sounding board, and I think on a personal level that that Neil misses him. In, in you know, he, he was um, he was very calm and influence on Neil, and I think uh, perhaps a, a few post match comments might not have have come our way if um, if Johan had been there. Uh, he was very measured, um, but I don't think necessarily. Tactically, um, they've suffered all that much. Um, okay, you know, Steve Walford's an exper- experienced guy, and he, th- he thinks along the same lines as, as as Neil Lennon. So I don't think it would have changed that much. Okay, fair enough. Next question is from Chris Merrills. Um, out from those out of contract, who do you see staying on, uh, and who can you see being sold? And um, just to give a quick list, and, and feel free just to, to tell me who you think might stay out of these lot: uh, Feeney, uh, Rob Hall, Paul Rachubka, <laughs> Neil Neil Dans, Heskey. Dobby, Woolery, Weeter Walker, Holding, and someone called Eves. I'm not sure who There's is. a couple more youngsters on there that I haven't included, like Freckeld and White and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, out of that Fix list, Mark, well. is, is anybody that you're desperately keen to keep? I mean, I would have thought Feeney and Holding, especially if we're in League One, would be priorities. Yeah, Holding's number one priority, no doubt about that. Uh, Walker I'd like to keep hold of as well. Um, Feeney... If a contract, I mean, the thing is, with with League One, you've got all sorts of things to think about um, in terms yeah, the turnover of, regulations and so on. It's a lot more stringent, and so you get a year's grace. I think I was being, I was speaking to my opposite number at Preston um, on Saturday, and he was saying you get a year's grace, so you may be able to carry down a couple of players that are earning a bit more than Mark Davis's of this world, but um, you've not got long. You know, you can't go throwing out contracts again at the same same size that they're on at the minute. So I think Feeney on a reduced contract. Um, other than that, I'd start again. I really would start again. I, I can't see any of the other ones necessarily staying on. I would like to see Threlka, though, and and, and Woolery. Um, something tells me, I, 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 might, I might be wrong, but something tells me that Woolery might be looking elsewhere, but I, I, I don't know that for sure. Mm, curious. Okay, uh, our mate Sean has said, "What do you think has been the main reason for the failures under Lennon this season, as opposed to, to how we did last year, which he's termed, in inverted commas, as a success?" Uh, um, regardless of what you think of Neil Lennon as a manager, he has not been dealt a good hand this season, as he's, you know, he, he's not been given the cash he was promised uh, over the summer. He's had to snatch at signings whenever anything's become available. I think the on the recruitment side, I think his his scouting network has been exploited, and and you know the the right signings haven't been made when the the small amounts of cash has, has been made available. Um, I think you know his his man management's called into question a little bit. I think with with certain things that have gone on, 
and tactically, I think he's struggled not working with that class of player he did at, at Celtic. I think, you know, certain things were left to to good players at Celtic and you didn't have to pass on quite as much information or, or maybe hold people's hand in the same way as you, you do at Bolton. And I think Lenny struggled a little bit with that. So I, I think he's learned a lot and I think, you know, he will go on and be a better manager from having managed at Bolton Wanderers. But I think he's he's been tripped up with a, with a couple of things he would not have expected. Where do you see Lennon going from here? Like obviously we we all believe, we all probably think he's not going to stay at least to the end of this se- after this season. Where where do you see him turning up next? Back to Scotland or Championship or something like that? Um, that's a good question. Ed. I, I think he, he could well end up back at Celtic. Um, you know, I think that it, that, uh, that Ronnie Dealey fella seems to have a, a tenuous grip on that job at best, um, and I think the Celtic fans would love to have him back there and and all the all the staff that were with him. Um, and he knows he knows the lie of the land up there. I think it'd be difficult for him to go back up there with any other club, really, because of his connections. Um, I, I could see him going abroad as well. I think he was he was ready to go to the Middle East before he came to Bolton, and and maybe that's something he'd do just to get his head straight and 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 look at things a different way. But um, I, I genuinely do think he'll be a good manager. You know, I, I, he's a he's a great guy to deal with, um, and he's, uh, he's he's you know he's a good thinker about the game. But I just think he's 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 found certain challenges in this job that he couldn't have possibly expected, and there's no way he would have taken the job if he'd have known what he was going to get. Fair enough. Okay, next question from Owen Barrington saying, if and or when Lennon leaves Bolton, do you think Phil Brown is a viable candidate? I mean, he's done very well at Southend this year. I think Brownie would like it. I think privately he would uh, he would love to come back to Bolton Wanderers and one of the chief reasons he, he never did get considered in any of the managerial shake-ups they've had since Sam Allardyce was the fact that, that Phil Gartside didn't necessarily rate slash uh, get on with him possibly um, so you know it's, it's, it's that's a little bit disappointing I would have liked to have seen him here before now um, got Bolton you know in his blood he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy he's got he's charismatic he, he, he knows the lie of the land and he, he, he knows League One as well so I think he'd be a good appointment um, but he's not going to be cheap. You know, he's just he signed a, a decent contract at Southend a couple of, uh, last summer rather. I think he's got a few years left to run on that. So it would be a, a fairly big statement from from Dean Holdsworth and, and Ken Anderson if they did go chasing him. Okay, that's a good good stuff. Okay, okay. Next question: um, What do you think our chances are realistically of retaining the likes of Clough, Fellow, and Holding should we go down? I know we said we had an option to to renew Holding's contract, but. Um, you know, if someone comes in offers us reasonable money, that money's going to go a bit further in League One than it would in the Championship. Yeah, I think with Rob Holding, I think that's a fairly good chance. I don't, I think he's fairly happy with with you know signing a, a deal. I think there's a, there's a good chance of that happening. Zach and Josh slightly less so. Certainly, they neither. Jack certainly isn't one to rock the boat, and I don't think he's going to be one of these that says I'm, I'm definitely leaving. Josh, you know, he's he's had these problems with the, the current management. Maybe if there's a change, he'd he'd, he'd rethink. Um, he had a problem I, with the previous management as well, didn't he? Uh, I mean, like, uh, I, I, I don't know how 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 long do we wait until we think that maybe the problem's not necessarily always the management. 
That's a fair point. That's a fair point. It's going to be something, isn't it? Um, yeah. He's got he's got that about him, Josh. He, look, he's he's got the potential of being a really good player, but he's he's got to uh, he's got to knuckle down and make sure he, he does realise that potential and doesn't get remembered for, for being the person that fell out with a couple of managers. So, yeah, he's got he's got a bit to prove. Um, but both of them theoretically could be cashed in on, and both of them theoretically would be able to stay in the championship you know, a, a different club. They're rated elsewhere. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the two of them get sold. OK, no problem at all. Matt has come in with, um, why do you think when we need a goal to change the game, or to, sorry, when we need a goal or to change the game, we take our captain off the pitch? Now, I know you, you've spoken about being a, a fan of Prattley in the past. I think mm. he's been pretty, pretty average this season. But, would, for example, if we were talking Saturday, would, would the change have been made would you have made the same one in terms of bringing Prattley off to, to try and cause some sort of change? Um, yeah, I didn't think he was playing well, so I don't, I, you know, I, I don't have any problem with bringing your captain off uh, if if he's not playing well. And, and Prattley in the last couple of weeks hasn't been great. Um, I am I am a fan of Darren Prattley to be honest. I think he is a good player, but um, whether or not the captaincy's weighed a little bit heavy on his shoulders seems to happen a lot at Bolton, doesn't it? Every, every time anybody mm. gets the captaincy, uh, their form suffers. Um, Davis, who maybe rose to it? Yeah, probably, probably. And, and there were times when that didn't happen as well. But uh, you know, certainly when he first got it from Kevin Nolan, he was he was magnificent. But yeah, not not many people can can carry that weight when things are going bad and and come out of it looking good. Um, and I think Darren suffered a little bit. He does, he, you know, he, he genuinely does care about what's happening, uh, perhaps. And um, I think he has struggled a bit when things have really got on top of him. But um, why is he the captain? Well. He's 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 an old school type of player. He's I think he appeals to to Lennon. Uh, he appeals to his uh, his his sort of values of being a footballer. He's um, you know he's got a bit of of steel about him. Um, and there's not many I I think in his heart of hearts uh, that the manager truly rates in that dressing room. So there wasn't many options on the table. Put it that way. Do you think Prattley's one that stays next season? Shall we go down? I imagine he's one of the highest earners. Um, I don't think he's the highest earner, certainly not. But yeah, I imagine he'll be in the the top half. Um, and and I would imagine if the club have got any um, sense about them, that they would have made sure that a new deal signed last summer had some type of relegation re- reduction as well. Um, yes, I think he would stay. I think he'd be one of those that you you'd want to stay because I think at League One level, really, you know, he should be doing a great job. What did you think about his his um, behaviour on Saturday, Mark? I, I've I've had a bit of a. I'll be honest with you. I wrote it last night after a couple of shandies, and I was disappointed in his behaviour um, when he he kicked off midway through, midway through a crucial game when a, a final. And and I do too. Don't get me wrong. That the fiery element of the Saturday's game was really really good. That people obviously do give a toss. I don't want to see that accusation level, but. I wondered whether, as captain, he maybe would be picking and choosing his battles a little bit more carefully than uh, at half time in a in a, a finely poised game when we're struggling for points than to kick off at that exact moment. Um, no, no I, I'm a I'm I'm of the opinion get stuck in. I'd like to see a bit more of that, to be honest, mm. uh, from from some players. You know, Preston do it every game. <laughs> well, exactly. No, you, you you touched on it before about they 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 knew when to make the foul and and all that kind of stuff. The game management. 
you know, I think Lenny's talked about it so much, it's starting to become a bit of a cliche now. But if you if you look at other teams and the way that they organise themselves and, and, and make themselves difficult to break down, Preston are a great example. The way they changed the formation as well in the second half, um, just put Bolton on the back foot and, and they had no answer at all to it. Um, so... Yeah, I, I mean that's that's by the by, isn't it? I, I think um, frustrations were starting to run high towards the end of that half, and uh, I think they could sense that, that Preston were getting back into it. If they got ambitious, Preston and sacked Grayson, that'd be a brilliant manager for League One. That man, mm. I'm dreaming, dreaming of Simon Grayson. What has the world come to? <laughs> just <laughs> just a, just, a, just a point on on Prattley. Um, I am. I'm still here, by the way, listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he was on a he was on a booking yesterday when he was taken off, and he he will be one of the players that they don't want to miss for a game if he gets banned for another um, another yellow card because he, he got sent off or whatever. So I think that's got a lot to do with why he got taken off yesterday. Got, they get scrubbed today though. Those uh, yellow cards. Oh, do they? Yeah. For the, All the, right. I didn't I know that. Um, I'm not too sure how many he's on, but yeah, it, it gets wiped. Today, for um, for example, Mark Davis, I think, has been on nine for quite a while, so he uh, he won't get banned for the next one, I don't think. Very interesting, very interesting stuff. Right, okay, there are a few other little uh, some questions that we have lined up here, and I'll just maybe pick one or two just because I'm mindful of the fact that it's time's getting you on. I could say lioned up since they're from the love team. <laughs> um, that was Daniel Murphy, former member of the Line of Vienna podcast. <laughs> 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 Mark, I'll just, pick, I'll just pick one final question um, from, from our Matt. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of rumour, speculation, call it what you will, dreams, fantasies, whoever, about Big Sam coming back in some capacity. But would you like to see that happen, and do you think that could be something that, that happens in the future? What with Dino's inference last week, during his interview with us, that he wants to get ex-players, blah, 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 involved in the, uh, in the club? Um, yeah, I think... I think in the future, yes, it will. He will come back. I I, I remember taking a call uh, one time on the sports desk, um, recognising the voice uh, as being Sam's, and he wanted to speak. And Gordon was doing wonders at the time, and uh, uh, I think he just, I think he just left, not not too not too long after he'd left, and uh, he said, uh, "I want to speak to Gordon about my football club," hmm. and. And I thought, well, yeah, that's that's spot on that because he does still view it as as his football club. It's you know, it's it's still his. He 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 knows as much about what's going on as as any of us sat here. Um, you know, he's kept very much in touch with everything. Um, and and I know he's uh, he's guided Dino's hand a little bit as well um, in the in the takeover, giving him a bit, little bit of advice, a little bit of a pep talk. So it would not surprise me in any way, shape, or form. Once uh, he's finished saving Sunderland, if he said, "Well, you know, well, I fancy a, a director of football role or something like that," and, and I think, "Crikey, what what an amazing thing that would be!" Eh? Oh, I'm getting hot sweats just dreaming of it. That would be absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I, I know everyone was just buzzing at the pitch. You know, I know the, the you know, I say, like Mike said, they were on the pitch for you know for charity reasons and stuff like that. So you mm. want to. Being a limelight, but everyone was very happy. Like I, ble- I saw a tweet saying, "This is the happiest I've been at Macron for ages." When they were seeing holds of finale dice together, it's just oh, exactly, exactly. It was I mean, nice, look, wasn't it? Big Sam, Big Sam. Honestly, he's he's he's, he's bolting through and through, and he, and he, he, you know, I'm sure he's he's had times where people have criticised him when he went up to Newcastle and all that kind of mm. stuff, you know. But 
ultimately, I don't think that, I don't think there's many Bolton fans that wouldn't have him back in a in a heartbeat in whatever way or whatever ambassadorial role or you know he's he's uh, he's one of us. Isn't it's he? like you said earlier when you were talking about Dougie at Forest and how us and them only you know you compare them compare every manager to one manager. And it's right, mm-hmm. he is our he is our um, cloth in the end of the day. Oh. That's it. That's it. You you, you never. Uh, you, uh, I think. Considering what's going on, it'll be many, many years before you even get a chance to replicate what what they did. Um, uh, but when you when you look back and and regardless of what was what was spent or how far we may have overstretched, or but just think of that achievement of, of, yeah. of Bolton Wanderers uh, finishing, um, you know, two two lots of Europe, top eight, four years running, or whatever it was. In you know. It's an incredible achievement, and it takes you know that that will be how Sam Allardyce's career is judged, regardless of where, where else he's been. I think he'll, that was what people remember him for. Yeah, I'd like to ask one more question. Have we got time? We've always got time for you, Nan. Um, just Mark, how, how do you see next season going? Whether it, you know, probably being League One, how do you see it going? What do you think? What do you think will? Where do you think we'll be in a year's time? Shall we say? Years <laughs> time. Um, well, the, the the music will still be great at uh, at Rochdale, and uh, the uh, the coffee will still be shite at Berry. Um, I, I I think pro- provided you know we can keep the stability, and and Dino can sort of live up to his end of the bargain, and and, and the new owners can live up to their end of the bargain of keeping things on a secure, stable footing financially. Um, as long as they can get a hold of the recruitment, which is the bit, the bit that they really need to do, and that's looking at players that that are going to get them out of League One, um, that that know the course and don't make the same mistake as they did when they dropped from the Premier League into the Championship and just think it was going to be easy. Um, it's it's a slog. It's a it's a battle in League One, and um, as long as as long as they fully appreciate the size of that task, uh, I can see it being a, a fairly successful season next year. Fantastic, right? Well, let's let's draw that to a close. We'll we'll come back in a moment or two for the final segment before we knock it on the head for this evening, lads. Uh, Mark, thank you very much for your time. There, brilliant. We'll be back after this short break. Okay, welcome back to the episode episode fifty of the Love Alert. What the hell was that? Welcome back to episode fifty of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast, starring myself. Starring Dan, starring Johnny, starring Tom, and starring the lovely Mark Isles. Welcome back, and thank you for bearing with us. Right, Tom, over to you. You're in charge of this pit. This is your baby. It's all yours. It is indeed. Right, um, we've got three veterans of the League One quiz. Mark, are you familiar with it at all? Uh, no, this is my first time. <laughs> right, okay. So the first round of questions um, will be worth one point. Easy questions to start off, all regarding... Uh, this weekend's games in League One. Round two, the question's worth two points and you have to name the player. And in round three, you've got to name the club. There'll be five clues. You can only guess once. If you guess on the first clue, you get five points, then four, three, two, etc. Um, Mark, as the guest, do you want the first, second, third or fourth set of questions? First one, please. The first lot, OK. Yeah. Uh Chris? Yeah, well, I'll go number two, then we'll, we'll keep it in ascending order. Oh, 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 boring. Right, Dan, you can have three, Johnny, you can have four. <laughs> I was going to pick four. Too late. Tough. Um, Tough. Right, OK, so question number one to Mark. Um, this weekend, five teams failed to score. Blackpool and Crew were two of them. Can you name one more? Berry. Correct. So you're off the board, you're off the map. Spoken one. like a true Berry fan there. Yeah, I'm slightly up the shakers. 
<laughs> Chris, who scored four away goals this weekend? Oh, um, oh, I saw it. It was Walsall. Walsall. Correct. Correct. Yes. It's a good start, this. Yes. Correct. In a row. Um, Need to fucking. Dan- yes. Um, <laughs> what was the most common home win scoreline this weekend? So there were. Um, out of all the home wins, which scoreline popped up most frequently? I always get these bastard questions, man. United drew, so that's not a win, by the way. <laughs> it's not even three <laughs> 0 He's right. Oh, no, what? Gillingham, Rochdale, and Sheffield United all won three 0 at home. Christ, horrible um, guess. And Johnny, Sheffield United won three 0 at home as well. That's what I guessed it off, didn't they? Or did you say that? And I'm being. I did, mate. Yeah, sorry about that. Billy we'll Sharp scored again my dream centre forward signing for the last five years, Billy Sharp. <laughs> uh Johnny, no pressure, mate, but everyone's off the mark already. I know. <laughs> uh, who for which team did Sully Kai Kai and Jean Louis Akpa Akpro score for this weekend? Oh my god. I know that one. Um, I know that one. <laughs> Kai Kai would have uh, both, I think, at one point. Yeah, he was. Oh, that's an awful sound, uh, does he I'm sure it's Shrewsbury. Correct. Come oh, on. Points no, all round. No. Points all round. Right, okay. So, second round, name that player. Um, worth two points. Mark, which ex-West Bromwich Albion, Celtic, Doncaster and Wigan striker scored this weekend in League uh, One? Fortune. Correct. Oh, nice. No, no time for guessing. Right, okay. Uh, Chris... Uh, which Rochdale player scored a brace this weekend? Oh, the only Rochdale player I know is that Vicente. I presume it's him. Peter, Peter is he called Vicente. Peter Vicente? Vicente? Incorrect. Nat Mendez Lang. Oh yeah, does, does Reese Bennett still play for Rochdale? Uh, I have no idea, mate. No he idea. Was a, he was a he was a prospect back in the day. Him, I think he went to Rochdale at some point after going to Scotland after leaving us. Yeah, he is. He does. Yeah, I know. yeah. I know. Right, I, I'm, there you go. That's me done and dusted straight away. Fantastic. Well, you could if you'd have to pull it out the bag in the in the last round, mate. Yeah, it's all right. I'm just I'm just rolling everybody into a fault. Bolton now, you relegated. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Dan. The ex-Preston North End, Swansea, Crawley and Fleetwood striker to score a brace this weekend. I know this one, you son of a bitch. I know. Ex-Preston. Can you name the teams for me again? Ex-Swansea. Preston, Swansea, Crawley, Fleetwood. I'm here, I'm here, Shut the fuck up, I need... I need... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What a bastard. Uh... He's you know, like it, the yeah. only the only player I know who did a brace was Man Tomford Walsall, so I was go with that guy. Can I give the answer and get my points back? Uh, you can give the answer, but you're not getting any points. It's Proctor, correct? Oh, Steve. bastard! He was the other one I was gonna go for. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise he'd been done the round so much. Fuck's sake, Johnny! You're gonna hate this question. Am I really? Um, <laughs> name the League One player with the shortest surname in English football. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> it's not Ibrahim Bar, by the way. What sort of a question is that? Everyone else gets goal scores, and Johnny just gets. <laughs> Johnny, if you knew League One, you'd know this. Oh mate, it's all it's all an education for next season. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that someone has got the word A as a last name in League One. <laughs> um, you're not a million miles off. This player probably won't be in League One next season. It's crew defender Perry NG. And his surname is spelled I'll tell you what, it's Ung that, because we had a teacher at our school called Mr Ung, and his name was Mr NG. There you go. I'm nowhere. So we're calling him Perry Ung then? Perry Ung. Perry Ung. <laughs> Well, there you go, Johnny. Two-letter surname. You'll never What's forget that. No, I'm actually really angry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just right, scores on the doors going, going into the last round. Looks like somebody's forgot to spell David Nagog. It does a little <laughs> bit. At the minute, we've got Mark on three, Chris on one, uh, Dan on one, and Johnny on one. Um, so, Mark, you could have this wrapped up if you get it pretty early on. You've got five clues. When you think you know the name of the League One football club, tell me to stop, and you've only got one guess. But if you get it wrong, you get nothing. And I think you should take a gamble and get all these points wiped off if you get it wrong. Oh, that'd be double cruel, wouldn't it? We'll just do that for yours, Chris. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, you ready, Mark? Yeah, fire away. Okay, this club was established in 1879. Liam would have got it at that point. (laughs) Right, go on. Clue number two, they've won League Two or its previous incarnations. Uh, they've won the fourth tier three times. Okay, fire guy, another one. Okay, their list of illustrious ex players includes El Hadji Juf. Oh, I know this one too. Doncaster Rovers. Oh. Yeah. Correct. So, Mark, that takes you to a grand total of six. Bloody hell. Which means that, lads, one of you is going to have to get it on the first clue to take it to a tiebreaker. Mm. It's not going to be Johnny, I'll say it right now. <laughs> no, it's not going to be me. Last time we had a tiebreaker, you fixed it and something dodgy <laughs> happened and Dan ended up winning out of the blue. That that, that won't be happening tonight, don't worry about that. <laughs> Chris. I'm listening. Your fo- clue number one, your football club was founded in 1908. Yeah. Carry on. They've had six promotions in the last ten years. Fleetwood. Correct. Chris storms into second place on five. (laughs) I'm happy with that. Um, Okay, Dan. um, Your football club is 137 years old. Oh, piss off. Give me the damn (laughs) uniform. I hope it's FC Dan, if you... If you can't do the maths, Dan, that's not my problem. Oh. This club is 137 years old. Right. <laughs> old clubs. Old clubs. Oh, nah. do I, I may as well guess, because if I don't get it, it's just... Can I guess, and if I get it wrong, but can I still do the answers anyway, see if I get it right later on? So what you're asking for is special treatment? No, no, I'll lose, but I want to, I, want, I just want to see if I can get it over the clues. It's, it, All right, it's somebody being murdered in the background there. Right? <laughs> no, no, some, that, someone's but... got League One, Tom's got League One quiz fans outside his house. When, <laughs> when you live at the university and there are Wians messing about, there's not much you can do. Right, I need to think lot, long and hard about like, old clubs, so just give me a moment. <sighs> I'm going to go with Sheffield United. Incorrect. Bastard. Your other clues are they won the League Cup. Your other clues are they won the League Cup in 1969. Remember that, Dan? I think Mark Mark reckons he's got it, Dan. You know. Well, let me let me see. Just keep going. Let me see if I get it. All right. They've they've played only one season in the top flight in the club's history. Oh, um, Bradford. 
Incorrect. No, no, just let, let someone else get it. I'll, I'll give up. Coventry City. No. Blackpool. No. No. <laughs> I give up. Just go on. Rivals are Oxford, Reading, and the Bristol clubs. Oh fucking Northampton. No. Oh yeah, again. Swindon Town boys. Jesus, we'll be oh. here all night. Swindon. Oh. <laughs> 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 Mark's like a teacher getting Thanks pissed that, off. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's just disappointed. Oh, right, Johnny, last one. I'm gonna get it. You all got dates. I'm gonna get. I didn't get cl- dates. I'll have you know. You 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 got maths. I'll get your club has three vowels in its name. <laughs> Go on, Dan. If you can't get dates at university, mate, then there's something going on. Me, Johnny. This <clears throat> club famously outperformed Plymouth Argyle's record attempt of 1984. <laughs> 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 Famously. Um, <laughs> it is famous as well, Dan, you know. Is it really? To be fair, that's probably yeah. a better clue than the day they were formed. Like, you could know that. Um, a complete guess. Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Perfo- turned up in an FA Cup semi-final, the first since Plymouth Argyle in the third tier since 1984. <laughs> no, wow. right. no. Are they going right? Oh. It's absolutely correct. Oh, no. <laughs> Unbelievable scenes. Oh, shit. oh my god. I can't have to go and wake my missus up and tell her I just did that. <laughs> you should be very um, proud. Unbelievable. That's what you get on, the, on a special episode like this. It there is episode go. 50. Congratulations, Mark. You, you, the trophy's in the post. I thought, isn't it equal now? Do you not need a tiebreaker if Johnny got it right on the first Yeah, we, we definitely yeah. are equal. Oh, my uh, mistake. My mistake. On, I'll back Chris. off. I'll back on, off. Christopher. I'll back oh, off. It's not a victory lap then. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> if, if we are honest, lads, Mark's won this. But, uh, yeah, let's go for the tiebreaker then, see what happens. Right. Okay. Uh, just let me get it out. It's on the next page. Right, tiebreaker, the lightning round. questions here. He's, he's come for third. <laughs> right, your question is, um, Mark, name Bradford City's captain. Jesus Christ! No, it's not Jesus Christ. I'm not. I'm not having that one. Um, Portugal. It's not. Is it that the, the bold lad's still playing for him? Are they the, um, the midfielder in? Um, no, it's not Gary Jones. Uh, Jesus, I can't think about who's who's even playing from. Um, how about Nathan Clark? Incorrect. No. Stephen Darby. Fuck. Right. Johnny got this wrong as well. We've we got another tiebreak lined up. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to make one if, if this one's... Not <laughs> uh, if you get it wrong, Rob, I'm going to bed. Bloody hell. <laughs> Johnny? Go on. Tiebreaker is... Just... Wigan Athletics captain at the weekend, please. Oh, that means that it was different... Oh. Uh, was it Eskalainen? Incorrect. Oh, <laughs> Link to the Wanderers, Craig Morgan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh see, so you said at the weekend he's their captain all the time. I'd have, knew, I'd have known that one. Yeah. yeah right. See what, what I'll do. We'll definitely have a winner this time, right? <coughs> so, well, uh, I'll ask you a question. 
you both give me a guess. Whoever's closest takes the win. How many goals have Barnsley conceded this season, Johnny? Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to go... It's the 50th episode, so I'll say 50. Oh, beautiful. Lovely. Lovely. And Mark? I, I get a bit of an advantage there, don't I? What? What is it? How, how close are we going to be? 51. Go 51. Closer than Johnny. 49. <laughs> Can you believe it? Oh. It's a draw. They've conceded 48. Oh! <laughs> what a way to end it. Oh, I'll go for a nice nice bit of PR for the pod and get fucked over. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, you've lost on two goals away. Unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable, that. Well done, everybody. What a fantastic quiz that was. I'm very impressed with that. Tom, pat yourself on the back. Superb effort. Mark, well done. Johnny, hard lines. Hopefully you can learn from us and come back a stronger person, but uh, but I have my doubts. Uh, but well done anyway. <laughs> Well done, anyway, and, uh, and fantastic. Well, on that bombshell, we'll, we'll draw this lovely podcast to a close. It's been episode 50. It's been emotional. It's been long. Bloody hell, we started this two hours ago, lads. Um, Mark, I'm very grateful for your presence tonight. I appreciate your time, and I hope we've managed to give you a bit of a distraction from uh, from Gerard Butler shooting and people in, in London has fallen. We, we won't give that four out of five stars, but obviously you're welcome back whenever you're, whenever you're free, whenever you like, and, uh, and hopefully it's not been too draining an experience. No problem, no problem, enjoyed it lads, yeah, very good. Right, do I get anything for winning that quiz? Uh, yeah, uh, in yeah, respect. Yeah, that's right, Yeah, you, you, get, you get a token of our appreciation, which is to appear on episode 100. Oh, fair enough, fair enough, if I'm and still I'm around I'm by then, you, uh, yeah, that's no problem. Absolutely, and you can take this League One knowledge and, and try and fit right. uh, Stephen Darby's name into our column. If we column get an article on the knowledge you've learned this week, then we'll be very disappointed. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Well, thank you very much again for your attendance. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Johnny. And thank you, Dan. It's been emotional. Thank you, everyone that's taken part in every single podcast we've got to get to this stage. Thanks to Goodney Bergson for our lovely introduction as well. Uh, we'll be back for episode 51 after the, the, the game at weekend, which is, someone help me out, who we're playing at weekend. Bristol City. City. That's right. You've got Lee Johnson with his little weird Joe Pasquale voice on telly at weekend talking about it. I should have remembered, shouldn't I? But I forgot. Thank you for all your tweets, your contributions. Um, we're at Line of BNSD on, on Twitter uh, and we'll be following the game and developments this coming week. So appreciate all your time and we'll be back next week. Bye.